we back in we back in business, back in back in effect. Can you hear me good? I can. Can you hear me well? My AirPods have been being crazy. Oh yeah, they're good. I'm asking. I haven't done this in so long. I haven't. I'm not even talking into the mic because I'm not even sure if people can hear me. <laughs> That's crazy. That that's how long it's been since I've actually touched this. It's been almost almost a month. A month. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We are here. Everybody is back. Let's see what I got on the the docket for today. Actually, let me just hold my mic because if not, I'm gonna mess it up. Um. All right, guys. We are back after a long-awaited. Return. I am your host, A1, and we have Jen Walters back. I know you guys have been clamoring for that, biting at the chops for that. But we have we have a great show lined up for you guys. And I will say that this show will probably be one of the first shows that I don't actually have a, a plan for. Like I have a plan, but I don't really have a plan. A lot of this is gonna be freestyle because it's it's a lot to cover. And I know we're not gonna get it all done in one fell swoop, but we got we got some interesting things. Um, let's see, let's see what did I have planned for us? Oh yeah, so nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and get to it. We'll go ahead and get to it. Um, how's everything been? It's been a while. Everything has been going, ups and downs, um, everything's been going, but I'm still here, that's what matters, um, everything works itself out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you, you, you sound like you're about to pull your Miss Seeley out, I'm still <laughs> here, you seen Color Purple? Yeah. Yeah, sound like one of those moments, that was a, that was a very gratifying moment for her though. A very yeah yeah well that is good you you're settling into your uh your your new life um i don't know how much i'm settling into it i mean i guess i mean i guess i am settling into it i i don't have any choice uh i'm not a big fan of it Mm but i don't know we will see um it's just it's different out here and it's like i knew but it would be different even when I came to visit. There were things that I was noticing. I was like, this is not like New York. This is not like Atlanta. But living in it like 24-7 now, it's like, shoot. Like, there's things that I really just miss and value. And, and what what are some of those things? Black people. <laughs> oh, Black man. people. I have yet to find a beauty supply store. Like when I was in Atlanta getting my puppy, I had to buy edge control in Atlanta and take it back with me. Really? Like, yeah, I just, there's like Sally Beauty Supply, but that's not the type. I'm talking about like your local, your CNC beauty, something that's owned by, I mean, generally they're owned by Koreans, but you know, there were a couple, there was a black owned or there is a black owned one by my house back in Atlanta. Um, and that wasn't even open when I was there. I was so upset because that's where I wanted to get my edge control from. Why weren't they even do it? Um, I think just the pandemic. Like just Yeah, just I, I feel like so many places are back to their labor shortage issues. Like 
super, super heavy. Like when I go to donate blood plasma, like they will, when I was in Atlanta, they would close early because they said they didn't have staff here. They've been closing early. And it's like, there's no way for you to know when you call them, no one picks up the phone. So it's like, I just go. And then there's a sign on the door that said, oh, we closed at 3 p.m. today. We will resume regular business hours tomorrow. And then, so then I come in the next day, but then I come in like earlier. This way I'm not coming close to what's supposed to be their normal closing time, just in case they do it again. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, there's a sign on the store again that they're going to close early. And then at one point they were opening later because they were short staffed. And so I feel like a lot of places are running back into that problem. So I, I guess they just didn't have staff to staff it. And it was like a mom and pop place. It wasn't a super big place. Like I had spoken to the owner. I would always speak to the owner when I would go in there. And so it was like her and a business partner and like her kids. And so if one of them is sick, probably all of them are sick. So yeah. it's either they couldn't get more labor, they got more labor, and they were sick. Just, but yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Interesting. I don't think, I don't think it's been as bad as it's been here, though. Like, it hasn't, let's say I haven't been affected by it. Well, that's good. It, which is good, and I don't really go to many places, so that's, that's good, too, if, it, if you know. If I ain't gotta go out, I ain't going out. But you know what? You know what we did? What what what, what, what I did? What did you do? Like old fashioned, I still did not introduce the show in the episode. Oh, ain't ain't no. nothing changed, but it's cool. <laughs> so let me go ahead and do that. Um Yeah, guys, this is your host A1, and we have Jim Walters, and we are back with another episode of I don't have a name for this yet. I want to say this is episode 64. I did get that part right. I mean, I, I've been practicing for that one for a while. I mean, I had a month to keep track of it, right? <laughs> but um, but yeah, we back. We back. But yeah, I um, I, I don't really leave the house unless I really have to. So I don't think I have experienced that as of yet. But all right, let's see. Well, there is a couple things that I did want to talk about. Just you know, just spitballing here. We got to talk about Insecure at some point because I finally got a chance to, to watch it. I'm only on, you know, like, what, episode two? But we'll just break it down one by one. So if you guys want to stick around and just hear our perspective or, you know, our views on the show and just kind of see what kind of insight we can provide, you guys can stick around for that. Don't know where that's going to happen in the show, so you got to stick around. Um, we could talk about – I guess we'll start with – the HBCUs um, receiving bomb threats. Mm. Have you heard about that? Yes, I have. Um, my alma mater just uh, they posted on Instagram that that they had a bomb threat and that they checked and everything was copacetic. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's wild. Like I don't understand like like why people would want to do that and who would want to do that. I mean. I can take a wild guess as who. Um, <laughs> but people are just... And I was listening to you on episode 63 when you were talking about the Ahmaud Arbery case. And oh, yeah. you were saying, you know, there are people with 
implicit bias and there's racism in you that you don't even know about or in them that they don't even know about and um, that they decided to mess with him because they felt they could get away with it and a lot of us were scared about what the outcome was going to be and I'm like yeah all of this is just it it reeks of just very Jim Crow like they yeah. it, it reeks of slavery we were three-fifths of a person like people did not think that we were afforded the same rights that anyone else was afforded that they were afforded and so why not kill us why not scare us because they feel like they can get away with it so I can definitely see why people do it. And I felt like it makes me think about um, the, it was in Birmingham, the church bombing was with the four oh, little yeah. girls that died, right? Yeah, and was. didn't one of, didn't, I, I promise you, I just saw something about like one of their mothers passing away recently. I could be wrong, but that's just, that's just what it made me think about. And like people, like purposely trying to make people scared in what is their safe place because HBCUs are a safe, they're meant to be a safe place for me. I know when I was at school, I felt like it was a safe place for me. I felt a great sense of camaraderie and pride. And one, because it's a place of, because it's an institution of higher learning for black people I think that's already going to upset some people but then it's not just higher learning how we've been taught our entire lives it's higher learning that's focused on teaching black people their history and that they matter and how to invoke change and how to be a forward-thinking person how to be more than what they want us to be or what they think that we're worth in society so that angers some people so I can definitely see why they want to attack places where people felt safe because churches were black people's safe places during Jim Crow and look what they did. So it's, it's history repeating itself to me, but I'm glad that nothing has come of any of it. I really am very happy about that. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear that nothing has happened also because you know, it it hasn't been that long ago. And I think when you see pictures in black and white, it kind of make you think that it's been a long time ago, but it really hasn't been that long ago. Like I want to say my mom might've been alive for that or was born like a little bit after that. Like, you just you just never really like think about it because they always show you black and white pictures of of Malcolm Martin, you know, um, Huey Newton and all of that. Like it just makes you sound like it was so long ago because it was in black and white. But these type of things always go on, and um, like I don't think anything's gonna happen. I just think people just want to do it. But I do think there's people out there who really will attempt to carry it out. Like if these if if it's you know if there's people willing to storm the Capitol. There's probably people willing to go and try to plant a bomb someplace, you know, just to kind of deter people, like in a place where oh, they don't want people to be at. And you know, they did it at the uh, the Centennial Olympic Games, you know. So I can I can definitely see them doing something like that again. I don't think anything's gonna happen, but it is definitely something to be on high alert about, for sure. Absolutely. And then you got like what four schools right there in one one little area, so it's like you just gotta. Just be mindful. And my thing is, 
I always tell people, like, when I used to ride the train, that anybody can do anything that they want to. When it gets dark, like, who who is watching the train tracks? Anybody can put a bomb anywhere. You'll never know because we're not checking for it every day. At least not that I know of. And the same for school when everybody goes in and go to sleep at night. People can just put a bomb under what, whatever. And then something can happen. But no one ever, you know, no one checks until, like, there's a threat of it. So I think that's something that we need to improve on as society. Not just, like, in, you know, the college and university, but just, just anywhere we are. We need to do, like, regular checks. Like, every morning, every night, we need to have something going on to check for that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's going <sighs> to... Funding. Who? Where is the money for that going to come from? Yeah, I guess security could be doing it while they riding around on them segways or something. I mean, is security trying to check for bombs? That's that's a lot to ask these it people. Is, who... But why aren't they trained to ask? Let me check for bombs. Like, how secure are you, and what 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 are you securing? I mean, I don't think anyone is signing up for. That, that, I mean, if, I don't know. I don't know if that could start to be a requirement up front or like you let people know in the job description, like you'll have to go through bomb training and you will 100% be expected to do this. Um, I don't know. Yeah, or or have like a a police officer, or or get like a, a bomb detecting dog, and that way they all they gotta do is walk the dog around campus. If it hits on something, it hits on something. But you know that that should be something that they looking into. Like when people talk about safety and different things like that, how safe are we really on a plane? How safe are we really on the airport? I mean, at the airport or on a train or at your job? Like I'm like at my job, I think my job is an easy target. Like I'm not gonna say what where that is. Of course, I can't say where it is. But I think my job is an easy target. Like, anybody can really walk in there and do anything, and you really won't know. Like, there's there's a, there's key um, badge access, but, like, who's to say you can't just leave it in the back of the building, like, under the loading dock? Like, you know, you can still take out half the building. So, you know, it's just, it's just things like that. I like when people think about security, or we have security guards, or we have security officers, or police present. Like, how safe are we really? Is it just an illusion or is it something that that's actively happening? But I don't think that surely we're not the only nation with people who are smart enough to have the resources to make bombs. Most definitely. So again, it becomes why is this an issue in this country? Yeah. Why? Like we're not the only we're not the only place that has people with these capabilities we're not the only place that has buildings with weak points where someone can anyone can case a place learn securities routes and because you can't be everywhere all the time you can't be so there are other people there are other places where these things can happen and they just don't and so again it's like what is it about this land of the free that everyone thinks that their freedom is supposed to be used to disenfranchise people. And if there's something that they don't like, then it's well within their right to harm people. Like, I really think like, yes, there should be actions taken to, to protect people. But at the end of the day, it's a cultural issue in this country, a hundred percent. And it's not going to go away until people decide 
to look it in the face. So all the people who are crying about we don't want to why teach critical race theory and all this nonsense. So you all can stop raising your kids to think that because there's a black valedictorian that you can shoot up the school or whatever nonsense you your butt hurt over because you weren't fucking smart enough, Jacob. Like that's, that's get better great. grades. Has has that has that ever been a valid reason? Like I mean, we're not gonna say valid, but has that ever been like an actual reason? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Just, but that just sounds something like an entitled white kid to get pissed off over. <laughs> true, true. Um, or them feeling like they're the only ones who belong in the Ivy Leagues and all that. Like, yeah, grow up. That, that has a, a a very dark history for me. Like, I, I'm not really a fan of elitism or elitists. I'm not really a fan of any of, of those things. But I think they do a good job at tricking us into believing certain things are true like you have to look a certain way you're only valuable if we go to these schools like or these students here or xyz than these students and I, I i totally disagree i don't believe these things but i think we've been pretty much indoctrinated to believe these things and no one ever challenges or questions it so it just things just kind of stay the same yeah or when people do try to challenge it they tell us well we don't want to teach our children this in our schools because why should they have to hear about these things and now they feel bad that they're white what? shut up <laughs> Yeah, but, and another thing is on that is that no one cared when we had to learn about it as black people. Exactly. No one no cared one about how we that, felt. Right. No one cares that black kids are taught to to look and talk and act a certain way from a very young age to avoid the stigma of blackness. Like our kids are never too young. So why are your kids too young? Yep. I totally agree, one hundred percent. Is you know theirs is never too young, and and I mean why why are ours always never too young, and theirs and theirs isn't, but theirs are. I mean, exactly. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy right there. Um, what what else happened? Um, I do have some updates I need to need to get into too, but I'm getting to that a little later. Okay. Um, it was something. It was something that's been on the tip of my tongue. I know you said you wanted to talk to me about something. I think it was about. Let me. Do, I think it was about. Uh, let me see. I know you said we. Uh, we have to uh, chat soon. But um, I wasn't. I wasn't sure exactly if that was something that you really wanted to get to here, or was that something different eh, um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we can some of it i don't mind talking okay. about and if you do i'll just um, give you i give you i guess a guy's perspective on that i guess i mean for me i it remains status quo for me. The men are just unwell. Um, just period, or or in, in just your... period, just unwell. Um, I don't mochi. I'm sorry. I don't know what my dog is barking at. Um, I don't even hear it. Okay, good. Well, she's very tiny. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I just don't understand. Um. 
I knew him for a long time. I didn't have any contact with him. He he was roommates with a friend of mine from high school back when I was in college. And so like I met him then. We were friends on Facebook, but we never we didn't continue communication. And so then like he reached out to me and um he had said that we had gone out on a date like 10 years ago and I was like I do not remember this date at all like, <laughs> and he's like no it definitely happened but you said that you were dealing with someone else at the time and I was like eh, that tracks that sounds like me 10 years ago though um oh, really and he um I he was like well he had been in a long-term relationship he had ended that and he wanted to just be free, have fun, whatever, whatever. But then he finally was like, no, I want to be in a serious relationship. And he was like, I had always, like, I'd never stopped thinking about you. I had always liked you. And so I thought I'd give it a shot. So we went out a couple of times before we moved. Um, and before I moved, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And we had some stumbles. He was supposed to take me somewhere and he didn't plan appropriately. And so it didn't happen. Then he tried to do it another day, and I was, like, ready to go, like, in my car. And I was like, what's the address? And he didn't send it to me, and I Googled it, and it was closed. And I was like, like, that's that's a thing for me. Like, planning is a thing for me. And so I was like, how did you not know? Like, when you said, let's go to this on Tuesday, how was the first thought to not let me see what the hours are on Tuesday? But... He recovered, um, but then things started to go downhill. He was supposed to come out here and visit me, and he didn't. And for me, that was very reminiscent of what I used to go through with my ex, just empty promises. And I took it very personally, and I took it. It it made me very hard to trust him afterwards, and I let him know. And then, because we were then supposed to fly back to Atlanta together, for me to pick up my puppy and um then when I was so he picked me up from the airport and that was fine then I was trying to see him one night after I went out with one of my friends and he like I asked him way earlier in the day like hey what are you doing this evening and he didn't respond and so finally when he started texting me like I was out at happy hour with one of my friends and he had said something and I was like what are you talking about like I had asked you before that you know what were you doing because he was like oh now he has to go out and do something for work and I felt like he was blaming me and I was like why are you blaming me like I already asked you this like what are you talking about and he said to me enjoy your night and for me if I tell someone enjoy your night to me that's that's something that I do and when I do that that's the equivalent of me telling you good night at 1 p.m in the afternoon like you pissed me off I'm being petty good night (laughs) and so I was like how dare he and so I was like you enjoy your I was like enjoy your life while you're at it and I immediately regretted it because I overreacted and I tried to speak to him about it. And the first time he didn't respond to me 
how, 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 how did that make you feel? Um, I was upset about it because he had actually, like, we had had a we had an argument about something, and I had said that the best thing for us to do was to get off the phone. Or he had asked me. He was like, "I think we should get off the phone." I was like, "Yeah, sure." So he texts me a while later and he's like, this is the second time we've had this argument and you just get upset and you shut down. Like, um, I don't want to be held responsible for something that someone else did. Cause I told him that it was, that I felt like his actions were like that of my ex. And he's like, he doesn't want to be held accountable for another human being, another human being's wrongdoing. And so while we have the opportunity to have a clean break from each other, we should just do that. So I just said, okay. <clears throat> I let him say his piece. That was it. I wasn't about to argue with someone who doesn't want to be with me. That's fine. So then the next day, he texted me and basically like walked back on it. And I heard him out. I was like, okay, he was upset. Like, let me hear him out. And I did. I gave him that grace. Mm-hmm. But when I said something that I didn't mean, he wasn't trying to give me that grace. So it upset me. So he responded to me the second time I reached out to him and we spoke about it. We were moving forward. And then he was out again on Friday. He, this past Friday, and we were texting, we were talking and then, um, we couldn't, he ended up getting busy at work. I went to sleep and then I had texted him like the next day and he took long to text me back and he had FaceTimed me. And then he was like, I was being dramatic, but I was being like playfully, playfully dramatic. Cause I'm always like that. Like he knows that's what I'm like with him. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, no, I really had like a hard night and a difficult morning. So I asked him, I was like, well, what happened? And he was like, no, because I know you really don't care. And I was like, no, I do care. And he just, he wouldn't believe me. He was like, oh, well, no, other times in the past, I tried to tell you and you just, it didn't matter to you at all. And so I was okay. Like if he wants to be in his feelings about that time. So mind you, he had FaceTimed me and I was at Lowe's trying to buy some stuff and so he was like well do you have anything else to say to me right now I was like no not at the moment I was like if you don't have anything that you need to say if you feel that it's better that we just end the conversation until later we can so he said yes and just hung up like if he was willing to talk about what had happened we could have just switched to a regular call since I was shopping and he was, he was driving. We could have just switched to a regular phone call and he could have told me what was going on. And I was more than willing to listen, but he was just being, he didn't want to do that. Then he was being snappy with me. So I was like, okay, well, whenever he's ready to talk and not have an attitude, he can talk to me, but I wasn't about to like go running back to talk to him for what, for him to snap at me again. Like, no, and I haven't heard from him since. Really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that part. Interesting. Yeah. Haven't heard from him since. And I was just like, 
okay. Interesting. And it's like he would say that he felt like he like he was like this is the first time I felt like I'm in an adult relationship with somebody. And I mean, that's 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 good because we would try and communicate, we would try and talk things out, but. For you, whenever you just get upset to shut down, and I'm not gonna lie, like I was doing the same thing, but I was like, okay, I can't continue to operate this way. We need to talk to one another. But I guess doing the same thing wasn't his plan. So I get you. Here we are. Interesting. Uh, yes, mochi. I, I, I heard. I heard her this time. So she, I don't know, like at night, she just loses her mind. I mean, don't get like my cat used to do that too. But like, especially if she sees another dog when I walk her, she loses her mind. So now she's probably about to, she's, she's going to be all over the place for a while. All right. But all of this with this guy came after. I'm sorry. I didn't even say this. So. Before <laughs> moving, before this guy came back into my life after an alleged date 10 years ago, which I still deny, um, I was trying to work it out with my ex. And I found out that my ex lives with his quote unquote ex. Because if you're living with the bitch, that's not your ex, that's your girlfriend. Is this it? Point, I don't care what you tell me. That is your girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> and the fact that I had to go snooping to find out myself just added insult to injury because like when I started telling the story to people, I would always start with like, I don't like the person I am right now. Like this is not the type of person I am. I'm not someone who goes looking for this type of stuff, but something was just off. And I would tell him all the time, like, I know you live with some girl. I know you do. And he would just tell me, he, he would tell me he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. And he was like, he lives by himself in the Bronx. No, not in the Bronx, I'm sorry, in Harlem. And I was like, okay. So I don't know what it was. It was the last time you and I did a podcast. Okay. And I don't know what it was. I went on his Twitter. And I started looking at, um, he has a grilled account, which is like, I don't know, I call it like Poshmark for men. I don't even know so what like Poshmark sells, is. Poshmark where like a lot of women go to sell old clothes and handbags and shoes. Oh, okay. I, I, okay, I know what that is. Yeah, but he sells like sneakers, fitted hats, like soccer jerseys, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I went on his grilled page and I just started going through all the pictures and I mean they're just pictures of products but for the majority of the hats he would always take the picture on his bed so he'd have like a shoe box and he'd place the shoe box on and he'd place the hat in the shoe box and then take pictures different angles the very last picture the very last item that was being sold there was something behind the hat and i was like this looks like an arm and so again this box is on his bed so that means this is an arm of a person who is laying 
in his bed. So you have to be one comfortable motherfucker to be laying in this nigga's bed. True. So now I click on the thumbnail. Lo and behold, there are more pictures. I just thought it was the one picture, but no, when you click on the different pic. When you click on the thumbnail, that's when you see all the other images of the different angles. Okay. And so just... guess who's clicking on every single thumbnail at this point? Not you. It is me. It is Jen. <laughs> oh man. And so I see I see an arm, I see a headscarf, like in different pictures. I see arm, I see headscarf, I see breast. I'm like, oh, this is a bitch. But I never see a face until I get to this one hat. And it's the same, the same girl who came to me as a woman in my Instagram DMs in 2019 over him. And I was like, you have to be kidding me. Like, you have to be kidding me. And then there was some other evidence on on there um, in which I was just able to connect the dots. And I was like, yeah, he lives with her. And so again, he was lying the whole time. Like, because I would outright say, I know you live with someone. He would say, no, I don't live with anyone. So that's a lie. So it was never that I had to say, oh, you're living with this exact person. Like, no, that was never what I said. I would just say you live with someone. Mm-hmm. And then when he told me he lives in Harlem, they live in the Bronx. And they live by my godmother's old house. They live where I was in New York for two weeks over the summer, mm-hmm. right up the street from them. Like the adjacent neighborhood. Dykeman. No. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't heard that in a while. And so, like, at first, I just, I just didn't say anything to him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I called my therapist the next morning. So, no, I called my friend, like, late that night. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I have some credits at Massage Envy. Let me transfer them to you so you can get a massage tomorrow. You can do that? Early. Yeah, you can. See what, see what I don't do. Yeah, so I mean, if you have unused credits at Massage Envy, you can transfer them. And they don't even have to be a member. I wasn't even a member at Massage Envy at that point. I became a member after that mm-hmm. appointment. But yeah, they don't even have to be a member. So if you just have credits and you just want to be nice to someone, send them, send the them credits. their way. Okay. But um, and then so like that morning, I called my therapist and I was like, we had an appointment on Monday. At this point, it's Friday. So I found out Thursday night after the podcast. And then Friday morning, I call. I make this appointment for the massage. And I call my therapist. I'm like, hey, I know we had an appointment on Monday. But I need to see you today. (laughs) What you got? And so he was able to fit me in in the evening. So I did my massage. And I went and I spoke to him. And both my friend and my therapist were like, you don't have to say anything to that man. For what? Like, for real, for what? Like, he knows what he did wrong. Just disappeared. And I did it for a couple of days. Two, to be exact. And my fatal flaw is I always have to be right. Really? So, yes. Like, if I know I'm right, and if I now have the proof, oh, you're going to hear my mouth. Believe that. I'm an I-high type bitch. (laughs) So, Sunday... I called him. He didn't answer. He called back. And at first, I wasn't even trying to get into all of it. I was just going to tell him, like, I'm not happy. 
I feel like I'm the only person in this relationship who works on, who cares and works towards my happiness. Therefore, I just might as well be be myself. And then when he starts asking, well, what happened? I'm going to be like, just know I know the truth. Like, whatever it is that you're lying about, just know I know the truth. Because you know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And he kept on pushing and saying he wasn't lying about nothing, blah, blah. And then finally, I was like, I know you live with that bitch. And at first, he denied it. And then I kept pushing. Like, I, was t- I, I started going. I was like, nah, I know you live with that bitch in a 700-square-foot apartment. Really? It's <laughs> like, no, I know. Like, do not play with me. Because, I mean, at this point, I have the whole address. So if I was really unhinged, like how I should be, I could have came and aired their whole spot out. That is so at this point, you just better be happy that this is the conversation we're having. And he finally admitted it. And then he was like, oh, I was going to tell you when I came to visit you. So he was coming to visit me. He said, end of January. This is happening end of September. So I was like, your plan was to continue to lie to me for three to four more months, then wait until I move away from all of my friends and family, tell me this devastating news, and think you was about to be staying in my African-American, my Caribbean-American apartment? That is No. And it was just like, I was like, again, you only thought about yourself. Like, do you know how crushing that would have been? Do you know, like, I probably would have spiraled into depression if you would have came here and told me that, then of course I'm going to tell you you need to leave, but then you, and then I'm just going to be here by myself. No support system, no friends, no family. And I just heard this. Like, are you dumb? I was like, again, everything you do is for yourself. And so then my mom calls me and I let him know, like, I got to click over. He was like, oh, I'm tired. And I was like, okay, well, do you have anything else you need to say? Because we're never talking again after this. Like, this is this is a dub. And he was like, I do have more to say, but I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. And he was like, if you don't mind going a couple more days with this, I was like, do what you got to do. It's fine. You, my line is open. That line did not get hit. And so after a while, I was like, what am I waiting for? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I waiting to hear this? So I just blocked him. And haven't heard nothing from him since. I did the rage room. I went oh, all the way okay. to Carrollton, Georgia. I remember that. I remember you told me yes. about that. Drove all the way to Carrollton, Georgia to do a rage room. Like they let you play your own music on the Bluetooth. So I had my little scorned black woman playlist. Let was, me pause you right there. What is yeah. on that playlist? Uh, Shoot. I mean... I didn't save it, but oh. definitely stuff from Beyonce's Lemonade. Okay. Um, Some Rihanna's on there. Is what on there? Rihanna's on there. Uh, was there any Rihanna on there? I don't think so. What's that lady name? Um, Khalees, uh, caught out there was definitely on there. Okay. Um, Janae. Some of the songs from. Selling out. No, from is it is it Lotus or is that no Lotus is the name of the introduction. The one with the little little tie dye type of kaleidoscope looking thing. Yeah, I think that's because Overwhelmed is on that that album. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Wait, yeah, I'm about to look for it too. 
Or is it overstimulated? Overstimulated, I think that's what it's called. Uh, if I can spell her name. No, it's Chalimbo. Is that how you say it? Oh, Chalimbo. that one. The one where she kind of meditating and stuff. Hey, yeah, Lotus is the intro. That's why I was thinking of that. But Lotus was definitely on there. Triggered was on there. None of your concern was on there because I ain't none of that nigga concerned no more. Melanie Fiona? Uh, Wait, what? Is it Melanie Fiona? Is that her name? Who's on that song with her? No, no, just just was that on the list? Uh, no, uh, no. You see, now I'm upset, and you know what? I think that I took a screenshot of it, but it's in my old phone, which is dead. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to charge it again and see because I think I took a screenshot of the songs that I had on there. Okay. But it was very cathartic. Um, but yeah, the men just remain unwell and selfish. Um, sorry. First of all, sorry to hear that. Um, that's pretty uh traumatic. I would have to say, like, I don't. I think I don't like. I don't want to say how I would have handled it if I was in those shoes. But if I could try to do that, I think I would probably. I think I think for me, I kind of deal with that type of stuff pretty pretty well. Like you know, we ain't gonna say I say I'll say well in the grand scheme of things because it's kind of like come and go. But I think once I, you know, take a couple deep breaths and I realize that this is what the situation is for me, I, um, what is this glass? I think that's glass. I, um, I kind of just, just start focusing on other things, not telling you just what you should do, but I could definitely see, you know, like going through it for a couple of days and trying to, trying to like figure out like, what do I do next type of thing? And, uh, you know, just trying to figure out like, you know, how did I get to that point? Or how did we get to that point? But I could definitely um, understand exactly what you're saying, and I, I do remember you telling me about the rage room. Um, but I wanted to say for like for the guys, like I don't really know, like 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 where these type of things kind of start or stem from. I think it's like a, a cycle that kind of keeps going, and no one ever really like stops to fix it or correct it on both sides and I think that's kind of where it goes from or something happened somewhere to make X, Y, and Z this way if that makes any sense no I mean that makes sense and so I feel like people trying to figure out like hey what has happened why I am this way is important everyone doesn't want to do that everyone doesn't want to face that I know that there are things that I don't want to face and I don't try and bring that into a relationship or like there are things that I have unresolved that I try not to project those problems onto the other person Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not perfect I probably still do it but uh, there's just stuff that I just don't understand like one thing I'd always talk to my therapist about is like and some of my friends who were there male friends male friends who were therapists um like I seem to, I, I get these guys who want to promise things to me unprovoked. Like I just be minding my business and, oh, I'll buy that for you. I'll do this for you. And it never comes to fruition. And I'm like, why you say that then? Like, I didn't even ask you for it. <laughs> yeah. Why you say that? And everyone's like, well, 
Jen, what about you makes these men want to make these big, grandiose promises? I was like, I don't know. And they're like, no, like there's something. And I, I don't know. Do you have, have you really I, like sat and tried to figure that out? I mean, I, I'm, I'm aware that I do not come off as someone who just accepts any old thing. I'm, I'm not a happy to be here ass bitch. I'm not happy to be <laughs> hanging out on your mama's couch with you. I'm not happy to be in your car running errands with you. Like, no, you need to plan dates. You need to put in effort. You need to do something. But those things don't always have to be these incredible grand gestures. Like sometimes it's just little things that matter. Like me, I love escape rooms. Mm-hmm. Plan Like just plan an escape room date. Like plan a date without me having to tell you anything. Plan a date without asking me not one question outside of are you available this date and time? That's it. Stop asking me what I want to do. Like why do you not why do you not know this? Or why do you not want to just try something to see how I feel about it? Oh well, I know that you like this, so maybe I thought that this would be a cool idea for us. Bam. Just, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to take you to the moon. We're going to go meet Elon Musk. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that. But mm-hmm. like, even the guy who stopped talking to me on Friday was just like, I was going through it, buying one TV. I had one TV to buy for my apartment and I was going through it. When I finally bought it, my coworker, because my car was too little to pick it up, my coworker brought it to my picked it up for me, brought it to my apartment. And I was like, okay, now I need to get these TV mounts. Unprovoked. He was like, okay, I'll buy them. Prior to this was in December. So again, we just stopped talking this month. So we had a clean two months. Do you think I have one TV mount in my apartment? No. And it's not because I needed him to do it. He offered to do it. We were talking about it. He said he was going to do it. He still hasn't done it. That doesn't mean that my TVs are not going to be on the floor until eternity, until I can find some other man to buy it for me. No, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. You offered to do it, so do it. Unprovoked. I did not ask this of you. And so I don't think that I give off the, the vibe that, oh my gosh, I need someone to do these things for me. No, I pay my bills on myself, by myself. I don't. That's not the type of person I am, but I do give off a vibe that I require effort. I require, I need you to try. This is not just, we are not about to Netflix and chill ourselves to death because you will be alone. Do you, do you feel like that's intimidating for people? If it is, that's sad. (laughs) But you all are that, men are that scared of effort. Asking you to plan a date is intimidating. Like, come on. Do Do you think that particular person found it intimidating? That's the thing. Like, I don't, he definitely came up, like, he did not find it intimidating at all. And so I was really disappointed, like, when he couldn't get it together. Mm-hmm. I was super disappointed when he didn't make it out here. Because like, aside from me traveling, because everyone joked, they were like, you didn't even have to move because you haven't been here since you moved here. Like you went away for Thanksgiving, you went away for all of Christmas and New Year's, and then you went away in January. 
And, but it's like, I'm, when I was here, I wasn't doing anything. I was just like building furniture in my apartment. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. Um, the weather, you know, now the weather's gotten colder so that there's less things that you can do. But I was really excited for him to come here because I was like, I was going to get to experience some of this new city with someone else. Like, don't, I also don't have a problem doing things on my own, but it would have been nice to have someone. Like, I was looking forward to it because, again, I was just keeping myself busy with building furniture and doing other things in my apartment. Um, so it was like, that was like, it gave me a reason mm -hmm. to have to go out and do something. Like, before, I kind of felt like, well, I'm by myself. I'll get around to it. But if I had someone here, it's like, okay, no, there's someone here. He doesn't want to be in my apartment building furniture with me and changing light bulbs. Like, no, he wants to go out. So I was really excited to try and get to experience some of this city and to do it with someone who I really liked. And it just, it, it didn't ha it just when it didn't happen, I was like, what is the issue? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the issue? And it was just like a series of dumbass events. It was a series of, I didn't look at my ticket. I didn't realize that my flight was for the wrong day. And then I didn't realize that the second flight I bought was for the wrong time. Like, what? Yeah, those, those kind of things you can't mistake. Like, if I'm flying anywhere, I need to know where I'm going, what seat I'm going to be in, which airline it is. It can't be spirit, but you know, because I, I want to <laughs> arrive alive, I don't want to have to buy my seatbelt on the way, on the way up there. Yeah. I arrived to Atlanta alive. Pissed good, off good, when I was good. alive. Good. So Okay, so I know that we, because I was, don't get me, I definitely said I'm going to take a little hour flight to Miami on spirit, but so he ended up, he bought our tickets um, for all the listeners, he had bought the ticket to come here. And then, like I said, we were supposed to fly back together. So he had bought our tickets together to fly back. So I had no say so in what this airline was. And so it was Spirit. <laughs> it's all right. It is all I right. I don't know, like, if this was just a different type of plane or what have you. Like, the first time I flew Spirit, I was only, it was only a couple of days. So I just had a carry-on. I had a checked bag this time, and I didn't know that their weight required. And then it's like, these are the things you, that you start to notice that differ with budget airlines. Their weight limit for checked bags was 40 pounds. I'm used to flying Delta Southwest American. It's 50 pounds. So me, when I packed my bag, I was like, I got this. This is less than 50. Ah, 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 let's go. Mm -hmm. I put it on the scale. It was 45. And the guy was like, that's overweight. And I was like, overweight where? He was on spirit. I was like, you that is crazy. <laughs> you had to be kidding me. I was so pissed. And so I tried to like move some stuff around and put some stuff in my personal item because you're allowed a personal item. But I just couldn't do it. So I ended up just having to pay the overweight fee. And then um, the seats are very, very thin. And I don't know if I just didn't notice that the first time I flew Spirit or if their planes have changed or what, but the seats are very thin. And then you can feel everything. So I had a flight, 
from where I live now. I had I had a flight to where I live now. I can't even remember where I ended up, but I had a connector. So I had to take two flights to get to Atlanta. So that first flight, virtually empty. So like I would feel like people moving in their seats. I was the only person on my row. Again, flight was virtually empty. Turn behind me, there's nobody in the row behind me. So I'm feeling somebody move in their seat like three, four rows back. I'm like, what type of <laughs> yeah. Why can I feel like is there no shock absorption on the plane? Like what is going on? Why can I feel this? And it was just, it was annoying. That was just annoying. And then like the next fight that we got on was like, mm, it was pretty full, but we still didn't have someone. Well, because he didn't show up. So he was supposed to be in the window. I was supposed to be in the middle seat because he didn't show up. I took the window seat and there was someone on the aisle seat. And so we had the middle seat um, vacant. But that one, eh, I didn't feel as many people moving, but the seats were still very, very thin. But the one thing about Spirit, their aisleway is super big. So like other times when you have to like try and compress yourself and make yourself smaller, like, like put your shoulders up to try and get through the aisle. I feel like you can walk down the spirit aisle, aisle, aisle just, just regular, fine. regular. But that's the only plus <laughs> that I found for spirit. I mean, I made it. I made it to my destination safely. But I definitely, um, I was responsible for getting myself back, and it was not on spirit. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. So, what what do you think you've learned from this, and what do you think that um I guess what do you think you could do? I guess that'll kind of go with what you learned. But do you and you said did what I want to say? Did you say you took like a deep dive into like who you are and and what you could be doing? Um. I wouldn't say a deep dive, I think, or at least for, at least for the why men promise me things, like all these grandiose things. Again, I don't think, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious. Men know what the concept of dating is, but then they overpromise what they can deliver on because apparently I'm intimidating. Do, do you think but, some people, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But as far as other things, I know that I have some unresolved things. Um, well, okay, I have some unresolved things and I have some things that I'm very cognizant about that I am trying to work on. So like when I told, like when I said, when I told him to enjoy his life, I knew that was me overreacting. That was me being petty. I'm very cognizant of that. I know why I do that. And there's no excuse. Like I shouldn't talk to him like that. I shouldn't talk to anyone who I care about. I'm trying to foster a healthy relationship like that. So I know about that and I'm actively trying to work on that. So I do think I've taken a deep dive and confronted some things that I need to work on. There are other things that, um, I know that they're very present, but I am not in a, I, I'm not comfortable enough to talk about them with someone who I am dating at this point. And it makes me wonder if I should be dating if I'm if I'm not willing to have these conversations. So 
why why do you feel like you're not comfortable having that conversation? Um, I had the conversation once before with my ex. And um he handled it very, very badly. So terribly. Okay. And it really, really hurt me. And um I am trying I feel like I need to be in a space where I trust that this person will be able to handle my feelings about this matter respectfully and to and like delicately enough to where we can have actual conversation and discourse about it. And mm-hmm. so if I don't feel that I trust you enough and I, then I'm not going to bring it up. Because I'm, I cannot get my feelings hurt over this twice. I cannot. I understand, and that's fair. And you don't have to, you know, go into details here unless you want to. But I get you. I think we all got that 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 one thing or things that that we know that we just have to have somebody comfortable to talk to about it. Like if it's going on within ourselves. And it's something that I've wanted. Like I've said, I've I've talked about experiences on the podcast before about it, but I've never let it known that it was me. I do want to talk about it. I'm still just, I'm still, I'm trying to get to that point. Mm. But not that I don't trust you. Like, I feel like you would 100% handle it just fine. Um, It's just, it's hard for me to talk about. It's all right. Take your time. And when you're ready, we can chat. I think, I think I did have one more question too. Uh, uh, do dang what was it <laughs> I should have wrote it down um, uh, what was it oh do you, do you think some people just just may not be ready for what you bring to the table like they know 100%. that and I, and, I, and I say that because I feel like that. And I feel like sometimes people see like, you know, like maybe you might be too much of a good thing or like, can I really keep up with this? Or like, I know purposely I'm going to mess this person's life up. Do you think that that could be in play? Um, I don't think that people think about the last part that I can mess this person's life up. I do think that they're, I'm sorry, my, or I'm not sorry. In my experience, there are men who I feel they're a hundred percent knowledgeable that they can't keep up, but they're going to try and they don't care how it will affect me. Mm-hmm. Like they're not thinking, Oh, I'm going to mess. Cause if you're thinking, I would hope that if you're thinking I'm going to mess her life up, as you leave me alone, just let, just leave me alone. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of messing up my life? So you can feel like you did some like, you can feel like you dated me for a while like I don't understand Mm -hmm. so I feel that there are people who 100% are aware like no this I can't I'm not ready for this I can't handle this this is not the level of person I can deal with but they do it anyway some people just leave it alone but some people don't I think I think like sometimes I think people can just I think they just like in it for the thrill and they're trying to figure out this and let's just see how far it goes and maybe hopefully they'll evolve, you know, to be this thing. And I think, you know, some people some people do realize it 
and then some people don't ever really realize that, that that's what they're doing and then by that time it's a little bit too late to uh change or go back the damage may have have been done already but evolution can't be based on hope that's work you have to be willing to put in work conscious like, work too what you say is work conscious work yes absolutely like the things that i say i know that these are bad habits i know that i say things to be petty i, I if i feel you hurt my feelings i'm gonna try and hurt your feelings back in order to not do that i have to put in conscious work why do I do this? Okay, what do I do when I feel myself starting to do this? Like, it is conscious work. And if I'm not willing to do it, then it's like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then that's why, like, when I said it to him, I was like, I need to apologize. I need to 100% tell him that I was wrong. And um, it wasn't okay. And I'm actively working to not speak to him like that again because it's not fair and he doesn't deserve it but yeah you can hope that you're going to evolve into whatever but if you're not willing to work on it you're going to stay stagnant mm-hmm. and there's someone who's going to love you just as you are be with that person but that's not me not if you can't put not if you can't put forth the effort i can't deal with it so I think my next question is, why do you think that you do that? Like, where do you think that stems from for you? Trying to hurt their feelings back? Uh, I think you said, uh, may- maybe, maybe. I guess you said, uh, you say things that you probably shouldn't say. So- <laughs> I'm sorry. My chat was like, Mochi. He was getting close to my dog's crate. <laughs> and my dog started barking at him. Are they getting along? They, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's curious about him. Like, sometimes when I take her off her harness and her leash, she'll, like, run away before I can put her back in her playpen, and she'll run after him. Mm-hmm. And she just wants to play with him. But he is an ultimate scary cat. Like, he's never experienced dogs before. The closest he's been is um, when my sister came to visit. Um, back when I was in Atlanta and she brought her two dogs, but her two dogs are like full-grown dogs. Um, Technically, they're medium-sized dogs, but they're, to me, they're big. They're both lab mixes and so like 40 and 30 pounds. And so he just, he sequestered himself in the guest room, my cat did. And he had to like move his litter box and his food up there because he would not come out until they left. So that's the only experience he ever have with dogs and so and he's just scared of everything so this little five six pound puppy is still like uh uh-uh. uh he has anxiety that and so he'll crazy. like come around and try and like he'll sit and stare and look at her sometimes but if she ever tries to get closer and engage with him he just runs off that is crazy <laughs> but um why try and hurt people's feelings like when my feelings are hurt uh yeah that it's from my ex because that's just the type of relationship that we had or like I would have to act like a maniac for him to even pretend to care about my feelings like I had to be super dramatic I had to like be a fucking looney tune I had to yell I had to scream I had to say terrible things that was the only way 
that he would even begin to be like, okay, damn, I'm sorry. Okay, damn, I see that that hurts you. I won't do it anymore. Or what can I do? Like, that was the only way. And that's not healthy. And, but it's just a habit that was so ingrained in me. It's like, I do it now. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not right. So that's where it stems from. Okay, okay. It's not bad. And I think that that is going to segue into something else a little later, but I think it's only right that I that I update the listeners and and you too for, for, I think on some things as on on just a few things that they need to know. Um <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I think I know, but I'm just I'm waiting to see. So yeah, so listeners a one is a dad. Just want to let you guys know, I have two beautiful kids. I have a boy and a girl, and they are great. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of kind of new to me, but um, like it's not new because I've been taking care of kids for like the vast majority of my life. But like actually having my own kids, like people that like look like me, that may have my personality traits, may have my physical features. This is my first time doing that. So, you know, sometimes it does take up my time. And so if there is some gaps, like some of that is why, but not a lot of it. Some of it's just, you know, we had our things. You had, you know, your your big move and I'm trying to give you space. And then I got stuff going on in my life. Everybody got stuff going on, but sometimes the kids that can be a thing and like like we're human so we're not always going to be you know in a convenient space and time to be able to do all the things we want like like for instance i think i just heard baby crying and i think she might have went back to sleep but we'll see so you know sometimes you got to go do this or you got to kind of schedule in between and so I kind of wanted to like share that, share that with you guys, because I know some of you guys actually know who I am, and some of you guys don't know you know who I am, and some of you guys just completely don't know who I am at all, which is fine. I like it that way because it kind of keeps a, 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 a layer of mystery. But I did want to share that with you guys, and I'm probably gonna keep you guys updated on my journey and like just how it's been, and like you know just just what I think, and now that I'm you know I'm firsthand can touch it. So, but I will say uh, that's kind of where I was at, like November, December, like when people were wondering because she she's now two months as of Saturday, and my the boy he is about to be one soon. He'll be one this month. So wait, really? Yes, time is time is flown by. Oh He'll my gosh! He'll be one. Uh, so just 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 some of these things. So I'm gonna definitely keep people updated on the journey, just like the ups and downs, and just the things people don't overlook. Because like I said before, like I created this podcast so men and women can talk. And like now I have one more thing that I can actually talk about. Because some people feel like, oh, if you don't have kids on your own, you can't speak, or you you won't know until you're until you're an actual parent. And I disagree, but I'm here to document that going along the way too. Because I don't feel like you have to do a thing or have a thing to be able to experience or have an input or or you don't have emotions tied to it and i never really like when people did that oh when you have your own kids when you have your own kids you ain't a parent you know like this, people do that but then when you do it and you're yeah. like hey it's the same shit that i've been saying then you know people looking at you kind of crazy but you know just, just oh but but what i was what i was saying was because i feel like men and women don't talk enough especially black men and women and minority men and women we don't talk enough so we don't 
we don't always know the best way to communicate or the best way to try to understand or sympathize or empathize with somebody. And, you know, like just as a, a dad, you know, like I would like to, you know, share that. And so people can understand because like, I feel like dads get overlooked. People feel like dads don't do anything. People feel like we're just there. And I was like, that's not true. Like I'm a dad who cooks. I'm a very hands on person. Like I want to be there for them every step of the way. Like. I don't want to control their lives, but I kind of want to guide them or give them insight and ultimately let them make the decision if it's something that that I can help them with. Like, I can't tell you how to be a billionaire. I can tell you how to try to be a billionaire because that's something I'm actively trying to do, per se. I'm not necessarily aiming to be a billionaire, but if that comes from it, yeah. But I'm trying to live a uh, a comfortable, fruitful life, where I don't, a financially secure life. A comfortable life and you know so I, if i can teach them some things that i've learned along the way i would like to do that like for instance like you know my business venture and a couple of people who actually know who i am know my my other business venture well well this is part of it too but i have something else the other phase of what i've been trying to do too and that's been taking up some time but not a lot of time but just some time um because i can definitely do both but you just gotta coordinate but I'm trying to do that and like I feel like if I would have started doing that a little earlier like at 18 because I've always had a love for that too maybe I'd be someplace different right now I'd probably still be doing this but I'll be doing something totally different far as like my everyday today so you know just just those type of things and just kind of like being a voice and giving giving other men a platform and other dads a platform or other parents a platform just to kind of come in and speak about what's going on with them and some of the things that they got to go through because it's I will say I don't think, like, I'm not going to say it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's not all mm-hmm. sunshine and rainbows. Um, there's some ups and downs for sure. But the kids part of it is the easy part. But the people part of it is not. And that goes, like, with, for let's just say, like, your family, the the other person's family, or just people that you got to deal with that pertains to your kids, like teachers. Not, not I'm not there yet, but teachers or daycares or, you know, just different little nuanced parts of it. So, like, those things haven't always been the greatest, like, and especially, like, you know, just some of the things we've seen on TV or we know, like, from third person or vicariously through somebody else. Like, I want to talk about those things and just kind of give people a platform because people need to hear, like, hey, I'm glad somebody spoke up for that because name one time you get to hear about a dad. You hear about Kobe, girl dad. That's it. You don't really hear nothing about anybody else. It's always the mom. It's always the mom. Mother's Day is more important than Father's Day to some people. And I and I get it, but I don't get it. But, like, dads are just as important as the moms. And we don't always get that same credit. Because, like, when I say I'll cook, I'll clean, I try to make sure everybody is okay, I try to do those things. Like, I'm not – like, I don't do them every day, but I do those things. Like, I do them on a consistent basis. Like, I try to do what I can. I try not to put that pressure on myself. But, like, I just feel like there's a lot of dads who cook. There's a lot of dads who are stay-at-home dads. There's a lot of dads who, you know, or just single dads who just do it on own because mom didn't want to be in the life or mom died or whatever. Like, Kevin Hart got a good movie about it. That's, that's a sad movie. Made me cry. Boo-hoo crying. Um, but, like, people don't talk about the thing. You know? And I really feel like men don't get to talk about these things enough because it's always overshadowed by something else. Or it's just, like, men are just supposed to be one monotonous type of type of thing strong silent don't show your emotions but like men have emotions men have thoughts and opinions too we have a side that that people don't see often like when like when people see men be vulnerable or they see them cry something like that sometimes people look at them like they crazy but sometimes that empowers people to uplift people too because it lets you know that we're people we're, we're humans too and 
it's just something that I just kind of want to document along the way because I'm never going to stop podcasting. Even if I do them once a year, I'm going to podcast. I'm never going to do them once a year. I want to be more consistent this year and, add, you know, just going forward. But this is something I want to use to kind of document because, like, when my kids get bigger, they're going to want to know what dad was like. And this is what better way than audio what better way than video or a picture where you can actually see this is what dad was doing at 21 this is what dad was doing at 33 or whatever you know what i'm saying so they can always have something they can reference back to but what year was this 2022 2021 dad was doing this and i was born here so he was talking about this you know just kind of put those things together for themselves so it's like a so i kind of feel like this podcast can be like a, a autobiography or like mm-hmm. a, a walking time or like a living, breathing time because it is always going to be changing like current events. It's really the news, our news about things that we care about. So basically, long story, long story short, that's kind of what I want to do now. Not now, but I've always had that plan. But now that I'm actually able to talk about these things and I feel comfortable talking about these things, I want to talk about them. So, but yeah, but like I do have two great kids and... um. You know, hopefully I can be here every step of the way for them. Hopefully I live to be a long, you know, live to be, live, live a long time to be here, able to do that for them, whatever they need, whatever they need, however I got to do it. I'm going to try to figure out a way, but, but yep, two kids. So now you guys are wondering, those who know me, those who don't know that this is me and those who don't know, I am a one as a dad of two. Was there anything that like changed immediately? Because I hear a lot of um, men say that like they have a child and it's this immediate. Mm. I just I, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's like an immediate shift in them. I will say like I don't think I've noticed anything that's like an immediate change, like like per se. But I guess like for me, I'll say. I say, well, I think I've always been emotional, but like now when I think about like them, it kind of get me a little teary out because I know that I have to do everything I can for them because they can't do it just yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of be more protective. You start like moving a little different. Like, like I have a very powerful car and do I want, I don't speed anyway, but every now and then when I needed to use my power and speed, I would use it. But like now I think about those things because I got to make it back home to my family. You know, I got to make it back right. home to, to them. So I always think like if something happens to me, what happens to them? Like you start thinking more about that, you know, like I always thought about that, but I didn't have any kids to say what's going to directly happen. Cause if I died before they got here, not much really changes in the world. Like my siblings, my immediate family miss me, but like no one's really depending on me. But now I have people mm-hmm. who are depending on me to, to do things. And it kind of, it kind of comes as a double edged sword because people will use that against you. Like, before, like, before I had kids, like, if I got fired, it was just somebody blood. Now people know you got kids, they try to hang your job over you. Not that it's happening, but I've seen it happen. And then people kind of get stuck and complacent in their job because they want to keep doing this. They want to make sure their kids, my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids. But that job is just a job. Like, you can get a job anywhere, but people will try to hang that over your head. So it's like a double-edged sword. So, But you're a lot more conscious and aware of these things like once you actually have somebody you really got to depend on i mean somebody somebody that's actually depending on you and i will say like i said i got more emotional you just you just be a, a bit more calculated you start i will say it's made me be a bit more ambitious and like driven to do 
more and push myself more and like what I want to do with with my brand and with with my business. So I think like every time I go do my other side of this business, I don't want to say it and people kind of kind of start putting two two together, but. I kind of already done mentioned it, but I'm not going to, you know, like make it easy for you to figure it out. But when I go do that, like if one, it's like a stress reliever, it just make you feel free. But I also know that every time I go out and do this, that I can, I'm potentially setting my kids up for a better future than what I had. And my future, my, my, my upbringing wasn't bad, but like, I just know that every time I go out and do this, that this could be the next one. This could be one thing or I'm one step closer to getting to the goal that I set for, for, for myself and for them. So on those aspects, I think I know the immediate change, but I think, I think overall I'm happier because like nothing else really matters now. Like, you know, like the arguing, going into work, getting up late, like none of that matters like to me anymore. Like, it's just like, that's what it is. Like, as long as I got them, I'm pretty cool with life. Like I don't want to die today, but if I died now, I'd probably be a happy guy. So I think that's just kind of like how I'm looking at it now. And then, you know, you just want to keep, you want to try to, try to keep your family close as as much as possible because you look at stuff like like what Kanye West is going through. I don't know how much of that is real and how much of that is fake, but like that's a horrible feeling like wondering like whether you're going to have your family or not. Right. And every day it's in jeopardy. Like you never know like somebody might look at you the wrong way. You never know or whatever. So I I I I understand what he's going through and I understand what Kim is going through, but like I don't know how much of that is real or how much of that is fake. I think a lot of that is fake. I think a lot of that's for show. But, but just that, just the idea of a hypothetical, like, like, what, what would you do if your family wasn't here for you no more? Like, you can't see your kids because somebody keeping them away from you, like those type of things. Like, I, I think a lot more about those things, more so now that I'm actually a, a parent than than I ever did before. So I want to say those are like the immediate things I feel like. I've changed, but I also feel like I'm not quite used to it because people still keep calling me dad at work. How's it going, dad? Or, you know, stuff like that. And it's just kind of different because <laughs> I was always asking about their kids or their family. Now people ask me about mine. And you got to do the whole show your picture thing. And, do, and I don't mind, but, like, I'm kind of private. But I'll show you. But I'm never going to, like, voluntarily show you unless I was like, oh, let me show you this. But I'm not gonna show you every single picture I take of like my kids. I'm not. I'm not planning on like putting them out there to the world to, for the for the world to devour. Also, like I'll mm-hmm. share I'll share certain moments with you guys, but I'm not gonna share every moment with you guys. And you know, Instagram got like your close friends, so like they may see it. My close friends, the people who matter. But I'm not. I'm not the most eager to share my world with Sony PlayStation Man nine 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 two five. I'm. I don't care what he thinks. I care more about what my circle things and so like i think those things and you know just 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 being more careful but my thing my main thing is make it home alive that's that's my main thing i think that's the most thing for me understandable but it's it's been cool and i know like i said it's a lot of people know who i am and a lot of people don't know him or they don't know that they know who, who i am but like i said sometimes dealing with the people is it's the tough part. Like, the kids are easy. Getting up at night, not going to sleep. Like, right now, baby sleep. She should be getting up. Like, her schedule is to eat at 8, 5, 11. So, her next feed should be at 11. She may sleep through it. I mean, sleep, you know, all the way through to 11. But mm-hmm. sometimes she may get up and just whine a little bit. But that's when I try to do the things that 
I need to be doing or I need to get done. Like if I got to send out an email, if I got to get some stuff together for work or I got to cook or I got to do something for mom or whatever. I try to get those things done in that in that two or three hour gap. And as she gets old, or as they get older, you get a little bit more time. But right now it's two or three hours. So you just kind of learn how to be more crafty. You start thinking out the box and more ways to kind of just do little things. You kind of you're oh another thing I say I'm more aware of time now. I'm more aware of time, okay. way more aware of time. So like just just little things like that. But I, like I said, I don't think the having the kids part is is bad. Like waking up to feed them, changing the diapers, the crying could be a thing because I've never liked people who cry like wine. But when you when you holding a kid that's crying, that's your kid. You kind of look at it as like like they really can't help it, and that's and that's okay because that's what that's what they're that's what they're you know kind of expected to do at this age. But it don't bother me no. I just look at them like I'll look at them, you know. I just kind of just done got used, and I'm just super calm. with I just talk to them like, hey, look, you know, daddy got to go to sleep. Like the other night, for instance, baby girl was up, and it was like I want to say it was like three or four in the morning, and. She wasn't going to sleep. She didn't want to be in the dark. Usually if you put on your chest, you paddle, you walk around with her, she'll go to sleep. She wasn't having it. But what I have found <laughs> out is that she likes to watch The Simpsons. I do not know why, but she does. So I put that on because I love The Simpsons. And, you know, she, she'll she go to sleep. And I may rock her a little bit, talk to her like, look, daddy ain't going to be no good in the morning for work. Like, I got to go to sleep. I'm tired. And I just talk to her. She just sit there and look at me. She'll stop crying. She'll just look at you. And that's that's something that, you can't really explain until like it happens to you. But like when I just look at her little eyes, I'm thinking like, what is she thinking? Or what is he thinking? And I feel like right now, like that the kids are the only person or the only people on this earth that are close to me who who don't see me the way everybody else sees me. Like they don't mm. they don't see me as a bad person. They don't see me as a good person. They just see me as that. And like that's yeah. a good feeling. Like they're the only people on this planet that I can say right now wholeheartedly that don't think nothing negative about me. And which is fine if you do, but I know that anytime they look at me, it's all love. Every time. Every time. And so, you know, when you just look at them, it just kinda of just make you a little little warm and fuzzy inside. Make you a little more like even now I feel a little, you know, a little teary eyed. But I just know that they don't look at me the same way everybody else does. Like, they don't know how great I am. They just know how great I am inside these four walls. They don't know all the other things. And they don't know none of the bad things or what people may think is bad about me. You know, but at this point, it don't really matter. Like, I can show them who I want them to know that to be, you know? Mm. So it's 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 a, it's a it's definitely a good change. And like, I always wanted kids. I'm surprised that I made it this far without them. But I did. I did, you know, I did it. But maybe, maybe now was that time. Maybe, maybe something is in the works for me. And so, like, now I'm thinking about just the future. I think more about the future now than I ever did. Like, I'm always thinking about the future and just how I'm going to plan and do things. Because I, I like to have a plan. If I don't have a plan, that's fine. But if I can have a plan, I'd rather have a plan. So. Right. Dang. I don't think I did one thing. Hold on. Let me see. Let me check one thing. Hold on one second. Give me like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. All right, I actually did do it. I thought I left the uh the shrimps out that I had just bought. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I saw the bag on the counter, but I was like, I don't remember putting them up, but I do remember putting them up. But but yeah, I think more about the future now. But I think I thought more about my future from my perspective. Now I think about our future, like as a family, more. So just like, where are we going to live? What school are they going to go to? You know, just things like that. Like where I want to be and like how can I achieve that? And I have some ideas, but it's just, it's just been that. But I think those are the things that I've say I've noticed about me that's changed the most that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. But it's been it's been a cool little journey. Um, I I got to see baby girl be born. I seen her came out. Like I ain't really told nobody too much about it. But like when I seen her, when I saw her head. Like her head was practically to me. It was already out. Like it wasn't all the way out. But like when the doctor kind of like just you know spread the little the little opening, I saw her head. I saw the top of her head. And so I was like, well, she pretty much almost out. And the doctor was like, don't say that. And like, she wasn't like mad, but it was just like, don't tell her because she might quit pushing or whatever. But I was like, I was, I was, I thought I was doing it a good thing. Like, hey, well, you ain't got a lot of work to do. It's going to be easy for you. I thought that was motivational, you know. But she, she came out really quick. She came out, I like maybe five, six pushes, maybe, maybe less, but it was quick and easy. She came out, she cried. But I think, I think when she came out, I was just like, dang, this is really happening. This is really, really happening. Well, first let me let me start back. So, me and mom we had took like we had took some pictures, and you know, like a, like I want to say that Saturday, and then I think I want to say like that Sunday night she wasn't feeling the great. She kept saying that she wasn't feeling great, and you know, I was just like, I just go lay down, go sleep it off, go sleep it off. So we she woke up like four in the morning, three in the morning, or something like that. I want to say like maybe three. And uh, she was like, hey, look, I don't feel good. I think I need to go to the hospital. My dumb behind still in the bed talking about, do you want me to just meet you there because I'm sleepy? I'm like, do you want me to just meet you there? And she was like, I think I'm just going to go. I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, you don't want to just sleep it off? She's like, no, I think I'm going to go. So she done got dressed and everything. And I'm like, well, do you want – because we had went before. And – and it was a false alarm because she had tried to come early. And, you know, there were some points where I didn't think she was actually going to make it. And I was hoping that she was, but I didn't think she was, you know, just based on just based on the past events. But she she, she did come early, too. So, anyway, but I thought it was going to be another false alarm. So, I'm like, do you want me to just meet you down? And she's like, I don't know. And I was like, let me just get up and go. We get there long so short. They say, hey, she's kind of starting labor i guess but it wasn't like what i thought it would be so i didn't you know like i'm a dude i don't know what labor is and you don't know what labor is until you're in it so we stayed there and i think i was there i think we got we were there pretty much all day so she wasn't born to like that afternoon i went to like 4 45 and i remember i was like can i should i go home should i get my camera should i take pictures of her when she comes Mom didn't want me to leave, so I was like, I'm not going to leave. I was hungry because I hadn't had breakfast. I survived for like maybe a day and a half, two days off Starburst jelly beans that I had in my book bag. Because um, <laughs> they didn't give me food. They didn't give me food, and I didn't know where the cafeteria was. And like I, like I said, I couldn't leave because she didn't want me to leave her there by herself. And so when I finally did leave, they said, you got some time. And when I went down the street to the Chick-fil-A, and on my way back, I guess she had, you know, started to get a little bit more closer to come. So, you know, I did the whole thing. But, I, you know, let's say I would have left later. I probably would have missed it. Well, I would have been, you know, late to getting there. They probably already been in a room pushing and stuff by the time I got back. But I made it back with time to spend. I finished my, my chicken nuggets, and, you know, we still had maybe 30 minutes before 
before she came. But I remember when she first came out, I was the first person she saw. And she still looks at me that same way today, two months later. So I think she, I think like when, I, when she look at me, I know she knows who I am. I think she knows she has like this special bond. She looks at me a certain way and she still look at me like that. And she looks the, a lot the same. She's gained a lot of weight now, but at first she was real, real skinny, but now she's a chunky something. But uh, she still look at me that way. And that's a good feeling. And it, and, it, and I almost cried in there. Like I got real tear. I, I don't think anybody noticed, but it, it, it was a good feeling. Does it come in knowing that I have to be here every day for her for the rest of my life? So now somebody's dependent on somebody's watching. I can teach her. I can try to be a better human to her. I can try to be a better human to everybody because of her. You know what I'm saying? Like like that type of thing. Because like, what is she going to think? What is she going to see? Like what's influencing her? So if I want her to be treated a certain way, I have to treat everybody a certain way. If I want to instill certain values and morals and just my whole thing is just treating people nice, like being a good human. I don't care what you do, how you do it, but treat people nice. That's, that's my whole thing. As long as you treat people nice, like we're going we gonna to get along. Like I don't care if you're a stripper. I don't care if you're a drug dealer. I don't care if you're an atheist. As long as you treat people nice, I don't care how you do what you do. But so I want to I want to just try to like make sure both of them are just just good people, just good humans no matter what they do and i feel like the best way for them to learn is is by watching me I, I can start that i'll be the start of you know what what the standard should be for them so you know it's a it's, it's a lot of those things that i have going on man i don't really like talk about them with anybody i kind of keep some of my thoughts to myself i have been jotting them down because i've been you know every time every now and then i jot jot how i feel or what i think down because i'm like in a song format i've been trying my hand at that lately um, that's a good way to channel your energy and stress too. But just little things like that. But she still looks at me that same way, and I just know I gotta be here for them. That's good. Like that's amazing. So yeah. I mean, as much as I want to say, like I would hope that anyone who has a child automatically says, you know, the things you were saying that I want to be better. I want to be the example to this, to my child, to my children, everyone doesn't, and it's sad, but um, I'm happy that that is your goal, and I have 100% faith in you that you're going to achieve it, you know, already having known this, and hearing everything that you've, um, the relationships that you've been building with them, I, I know that you're on a quest to keep your word and be the best dad that you can be. Yeah, most definitely. Like, and 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 the thing that's different about her than it is my son. I didn't get to see him be born. Like, it's like that's like I like I found out that he was actually my kid over the summer. Like, for it's been confirmed, and like I didn't really tell anybody. Like I told people, but I didn't tell you because I was I wanted to kind of like do, have this documented on the show. Um, but stuff, life was just happening so fast and we just never really got to it. But so when I found out, I had that same similar feeling. Like, so, so in a sense, like when I finally found out they was confirmed, um, had that same feeling, like how she looks at me or how I felt when she was first born. That was kind of my, him being first born to me moment. And it was the same type of feeling. Um, but I, I don't, I don't get to see him every day. And that's something that, that kind of bothers me a little bit. 
I ain't gonna say a little bit, but a lot, but I think I handle it well. But I get to see her every day. I get to kiss her forehead every time I leave. And that's something that's gonna be something I do until I'm gone. Like there's never gonna be a day unless I'm just gone, like on vacation or something, that I don't do it. But it is not gonna be a day I'm just not gonna do that. So some of the things I get to do with her, I didn't get to do with him. And, you know, it just it just kind of put things in perspective for you. But, you know, trying to trying to trying to trying to get some things together to to make sure I can kind of do the same thing with him. And as he gets older, it's going to be a little easier. But, you know, but I did want to share that here. And I remember how that felt. And it felt very similar to how it was seeing her first come out and just how she looked at me. And because the first time I let him, he just stared at me, too. Like he just he just stared at he just looked at me. He didn't cry, he didn't say anything. He just was calm. He's a calm kid. He don't really get fussy and stuff like that unless something's going on. But, you know, like I, I remember like the first day I actually got a chance to meet him. Like he was in the back of like a uh like a SUV, like changing. I got to change him. The first time that's the first thing I did, I changed him. He just sat there and looked at me. Like he didn't say a word, he just kinda looked at me like, Who is this? I pushed him in the stroller. And it was cool. And I was just like, dang, like now someone's depending on me. Like I have to be here for it, for them, for him. So, you know, just, just trying to navigate all of those little nuances and things like that that go along with, like I said, it's not, it's not the babies, it's the people that, that make it being difficult for you. So, but I don't get to see him as much, but I'm, you know, I'm working on that to where I can see him. Um, and we just, we just gonna go from there and just try to, you know, just take it day by day, not to stress about it too much, and and just, you know, just do what I gotta do, cause the truth will come out eventually. I will get what I need to get done eventually, and you know, we're gonna go. And then I, my goal is, like I said, just to be the best person or to be the best that I can be to them. I, like I have, I have some things that I want to do. I have some things that that I've, you know, I've seen other people make mistakes that I guess, or that I wouldn't want for my for myself. I want to try to like not do those things or try to do them a little bit better, you know. So it's just it's just things like that. But I will say it's a cool feeling just having one boy, one girl, and you know, just just a good feeling. I do think I might be done for now, but we're gonna see. <laughs> We're gonna see. I always wanted like at least three kids, but we'll get to that another episode. But <laughs> but yeah, but I definitely, I, th- I definitely won't. If I can have more, I'm, I'll, I'll try. But right now, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna stick with these two. I got, I got what everybody want: one boy, one girl. So that's good. That's good. Um, what else? What else can I say about that? That's a lot I can say, but. <laughs> Try to think, cause it's my first time like actually sharing this with the fans and the listeners, or, or the you know, just just sharing it, just kind of going through. It. Cause like I said, I didn't have any plans. I had some plans for the show, like just some general things, but like no key points. You know, like let's break down this. But there's one thing I did want to break down, but we're gonna get to that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that might be it. But like just just adjusting to that and just just learning how to use your time wise and not putting unrealistic expectations on yourself to feel like you gotta do everything. Like you gotta be everything. Like you don't do what you can. And then you do it again and again. When the next when the next session come. And that's just kinda how I've been doing it. How I've been doing it. Cause trust me, if I could if I could podcast all day, I would. If I could do the other thing that I do all day, I would. But I try to do it when, when they sleep. 
So that's just kind of how it is, and I know a lot of people kind of have to have to operate and live that way, and that's that's just what it is. Like it ain't bad. Like I don't I don't ever think of it as a negative thing or like. Ugh. I just be like this just this just what I got to do when I get up. I like five o'clock. It's feeding time. Either she gonna be up, or I'm gonna get a chance to feed her depending on the time I get home. Or and when I get home, I just get her while she sleep, and then like I'll you know try to burp her, put her to sleep, and then try to do whatever I gotta do, and then do it again at eight if she wake up. So that's 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 the adjustment period. But it, it, overall, I think it's been a good feeling. Like you get past the uh, the sleepless nights things. When I was there, I didn't sleep the whole week. I was I slept on like a jailhouse bed in the hospital. They didn't give me any blankets and have any pillow. I had to ask for all of that. Only thing I was constantly supplied with was water, but I I, I eventually figured out the food situation because we we had to be in a NICU for like six days, but she came on home. But I do remember that just sleeping on the thing and just I remember just not sleeping. I remember being up all night. Like I remember yeah. that whole week not having much food. I remember coming home trying to cook, taking food back. I remember doing a lot of different things, and I don't and I don't think people always appreciate the things that dads do. I think that's just kind of my whole gist of this or like just or respect that we have feelings and we go through shit too like they always talk about like a mother's fear but no one talks about a dad's fear like no one talks about that have you ever heard of that no not at all they don't you always hear about a mother oh, there's no love like a mother's love but but what about dad's love like you don't hear, you don't hear nobody talk about that That's and i'm not real. i actually um it was a video it originated on tiktok and of course it made it hey through twitter where it was a dad and he was asking like all his kids and his wife like questions about him to see who knew him best. And it was just, it was adorable. Like just to see, you know, not only like, do they know, but then like the reaction when they got him right and how he would hug them and dap them up and kiss his wife. And it was just like, it was, it was really just like wholesome content. And it's like, I wish that, more people just looked at their their dads that way. Yeah, a lot of people don't like people. I think people either don't like their dads or they fear their dads a lot. But you don't really like see that a lot. You don't. You don't really. I think the only the only time we seen like a good, only two good examples I could see like of a good dad that I can remember on TV was Cleef Heathcliff Huxtable I knew and you Uncle Phil. It. That's it. That's that's it. Those are the only two point of reference. Or 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 James from Good Times. But James from Good Times was more like the dad you feared, though. Yeah, absolutely. But we don't we don't really get to uh we don't really have any good examples of that. That's that's all we've ever seen. And then you start seeing Carl like, Okay, Fair yeah, nice. Carl Winslow, but but his kids were jerks though. We were talking about that the other day. His kids were some some jerks. <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah, they didn't treat the people around them nice. They was they always used their friends or put them in awkward position. It was very inconsiderate. Like just just go back and look at it. Like they they just didn't. They just they weren't like Will and Carl Carlton and 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 Hillary. They weren't like uh, uh, Theo and Denise. They weren't like that. They were different kids. Like those kids were like almost entitled brats. Oh my god! Oh, you know what? And because it's on HBO Max, I started watching it again. The Parenthood. The Parenthood is great. I didn't know that was on. I need to watch that. I love that. That's another good example. Yes, 
Good example. Oh my gosh, I love them so much. Parenthood is good. Robert Townsend was good. Is it Robert Townsend or was it, was it Robert Roundtree? Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good. Like, so those are those are the only time you've seen like dads portrayed in a good light. Only times you don't see it. No, any other times. And you know, I was having a discussion a couple months back about like, um, like white sitcoms versus black sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody loves Raymond. In quarantine, I got introduced to it. And they're so dysfunctional. Like, Ray and his wife are just so dysfunctional. And then his parents are dysfunctional. But I'm like, it's funny. And can't, can you have a dysfunctional, a Black family be that dysfunctional? And would it be funny? Or would people be judgmental about it? Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, you can't, I can't imagine... Because, like, Ray is so lackadaisical about the kids. Like, he doesn't, he really doesn't help out. And he's lackadaisical about his wife. Like, he taped over their wedding video with a football game. And I'm just like, what would the reception of society be if this was a Black family? This is a Black man who doesn't know anything about his kids who don't who doesn't want to take his kids to the park like what would that be and so i've I've like racked my brain like was there ever a black tv show like that because i feel like black comedies are different it's a different type of funny that we have to go to we can't be like irresponsible funny like yes we have to still be functional we have like you still have to be a functional family. You still have to somehow, some way, be a good example and be funny. So you have to your funniest can't stem from, oh, I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And I'm just like, Yeah, I, I cannot think of any black TV show where it was just like that there wasn't a strong focus on the parents trying to be like good parents and trying to handle things the best way possible. Yeah, I will say I think I think it's just because like with, with black sitcoms, like we really didn't have a lot of good shots, and we wanted to kind of try to change the narrative about what the public perception of us was because we don't create the language, we don't create the rules, they do, so they get to tell everybody what everybody else is like and what it's like for them or what it should be. But when you put people like Heathcliff or Uncle Phil or Carl Winslow on, on TV, and I don't remember what um Parent Trap Dad name was, but when you put them on TV, you know, it kind of helps change the perspective of people. It softens, it softens everything up a little bit. So I think, like, with our stuff, we always had to be very intentional with what we did, and but we also knew how to put a little – you know, put the flavor on it to kind of make it funny too, but really relatable and and true. Yeah. It's not like it's fabricated. It's really true. Like there are good dads out there that are black dads. There's good dads in every race. I, I don't I don't think that one race is does anything particularly better than the other race when it comes to certain things. We all want the same things. But I definitely think it was very uh intentional with how our sitcoms were. Because a lot of people feel like it wasn't a lot of black dads at home, and like and and and, and to a degree, it wasn't because of uh, systematic uh, ways that they had going on, like jail, sending them off to the army, or just killing people. Like so, sometimes it was that way. But I think that can go for for every you know 
race or culture, creed or ethnicity, whatever you want to call it. I'm not even, I don't even really want to, I don't even know how to really even do that anymore. I really don't even want to do that. I just want to call people people. Um, but yeah, but yeah, um, I do, I do want to say, I know like the closest thing we've seen to like having a bad parent was when, was Will's dad, but it wasn't like the center of the entire show. It was just like, the center yeah. of a show or two, like yeah, that's like that was a very powerful scene, very yes. powerful, and that still made me even even thinking about it now makes me want to cry. Yes, and that was real for 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 Will. That was real. I saw him do an interview about. It. He said that was real. He always wondered. He pulled a lot from his personal for that scene, and he and he that was him really like breaking down and saying, mm. "Why don't he love me?" Like that's crazy. That was the closest we've seen to like a bad black parent on the show. Yeah. And that was just for like a split second even in the grand scheme of the show. And what's even like more wild to me is that we were trying to control the narrative and show such a positive portrayal of a black family. Um through all these sitcoms to, you know, to show people like, hey, this is what other things that the media portrays about Black men and the Black family does not, it's not all true. There are, there are full, there there aren't, every Black family isn't a broken home and all this other stuff. But I remember I spent one summer um, just asking random people at work, do you think the Cosby, the Huxtables were a realistic portrayal of a black family? And I'm asking black people and they were saying no. So it's like, we don't even think it's real. We don't, like people did not think that it is attainable to have two professional parents, both in the home, who who tr- support their children. Their kids still do wrong. Like, you know, Vanessa got into a fight Denise dropped out of college and married some man she met over in South Africa. Mm. Sandra and Elvin were <laughs> a mess. Like yeah. they had problems, but they didn't have, you know, they weren't the problems that everyone wants to, that everyone else says that black Americans have that, Oh, um, your children get pregnant or you're on welfare or they're in gangs and all that stuff, you know, and people just didn't think it was realistic. Like people just really didn't think that there were families living like this, that there weren't two parent households. There weren't two parent households where both parent was a professional. And I'm just like, it was, for me, it was disheartening hearing that because yeah. I always felt that it was very possible. And, um, and it is possible. But just hearing so many people just say, no, that's not how they see themselves. That's not how they see, they don't see that in their future. They don't see that that could be the type of family that they have. It's like, my gosh. And I, and I will say, like now is more, it's more possible than ever. Back then, it might have been a rare sight. But back then, I mean, but right now, I think that's that should be something that's uh that should be pretty common. Like, for one, we live in Atlanta. Like, most people, most of the black people here are successful. Like, 
we, we pretty much run the city. Like, there's a black mayor. There's been a bunch of black mayors. There's been a black woman. There's been a black man. As you know, it's just been a lot of different things. Like, it's just different. So these things should be things that people can relate to. Like, do I get it? Like, I get the part, was it, like, was it, like, perfect because they was, like, kind of cookie cutter a little bit? But they were still very real. They still had a lot of substance in there, too, though. Um, but I definitely think that's, that is disheartening to hear that people don't think that's a realistic idea. Like, yeah, both your parents may not, one of your parents may not be a doctor. One, but she was a lawyer, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, both of your parents may not be doctors or lawyers or whatever, but, like, there's there's the idea of a two-parent household. There's an idea of having multiple siblings and, you know, all of the things that they had to go through. Yeah, that's possible. Everything ain't got to be good times. And I think that's what more people think is realistic, good times. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's just that's just kind of crazy. Look at look at what we got. <laughs> look at what we got. None of this was on the docket too, but I definitely think this is good content. It's probably one of the best episodes ever. I, I, I mark my words. One of the best episodes ever. Watch. Um, but yeah, I think I, that's something I think we should delve into, and I do think they should go ahead and put the Cosby's back on TV so we can watch it because I would love to watch it from the beginning as an adult. Like I watched it as a kid. I watched it as an adolescence. I watched it as. You know, maybe somebody like 21, 25, still figuring it out in life, but as an adult and somebody who has a kid, like those things change your perspective on things. Like when you hit certain milestones or you, you do certain things with your life, it changes your perspective. Like I was telling somebody I was watching something. Oh, I was listening to uh, Outcast. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like as an adult with kids like that, 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 that made me cry on the way home. Like that's that's a that's a sad song when you think about it. Mm. And like I told my I told my brother like you don't really know what that song meant until you go through it. Mm. Like real. he said he said tell your grandma this, he said that my child is a baby not a paycheck baby, not a paycheck. People really want to get money from you because you have a kid with them, and that's all certain family members think. And then he said baby have a cookout baby have a birthday I'm not invited. Like that that made me feel away. You don't really know until you go through it. Yeah. Like and just, for just all who, of it. Go ahead. For people who don't recognize the the value of not just the money of having two incomes, but the value of having two people present, like just being able to have both your parents there. It's that's why I I just can't understand someone who's like, oh, I want you to contribute financially to our child, but then not invite you to anything that that your child has going on. Like that's important. Your child wants their parents there. Like they really do. And for and like I really I can't even under, I can't begin to understand people like that. I just can't. And I just, I hope that they grow because the child doesn't deserve that. Absolutely not. And they don't. And I don't think people realize what it does. I'm going to read a little bit of the list. I'm pretty sure most of them have heard that song. And like, yeah, it came out when I was in middle school. So it was a fun song to say, whoo, 
YouTube, but it was something <laughs> way more than that. It was something way more than that. This is what he says. He says, uh, he said, let her know that her grandchild is a baby not a paycheck. Private school, daycare, shit, medical bills, I pay that. I love your mom and everything, but I see I ain't the only one who laid down. She want to um, rib you up and start a custody war. My lawyer, stay down. She never got a chance to hear my side of the story. We was divided. She had fish fries cookouts for my child's birthday. I ain't invited. Despite it, show her the utmost respect when I fall through, and all you do is defend that lady when I call you. Like, that's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. And then the chorus say, I'm sorry, Ms. Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a million times. No one's ever really, like, trying to do anything to, like, make someone's child cry or hurt. But they never let you live that down. And it was interesting that you mentioned Kanye earlier because it's, like, it shows, like, again, don't know how much is real and how much is fake. So we literally have Kanye on video talking about I was not given the address to my child's birthday party. Like, yeah. no one is, like, if that is real, no one is immune from that type of petty behavior. Not at all. Right, that's, that's and not it's right. wild. It's humbling. And it lets you know, again, money is just money. Like, Men's day, everybody's human, and everyone can go through the exact same problem. Yeah, and no matter how much money you got, it just create more problems. That's that's all it does. Like money really shows you, it makes you more of who you are. It amplifies everything around you. It amplifies the people around you. It makes them more of who they are. Like that yes. comes out, and people don't really like think about it. So that's all I say. But I'm not really like trying to be like rich. I just want to be comfortable and secure. Like, I want to be able to go wherever I want to go, buy what I want to buy, vacation when I want to vacation. I don't want everybody, anybody to ever be able to hang a job over my head again. Like, I don't I don't want to have to deal with that. Because that's something else I got to, I, I want to talk about on the show too. But I don't ever want anybody to try to use anything or my family or my loved ones to hurt me. That's why I keep everything to myself. And people think I'm being, I'm being secretive or I'm being, you know, whatever. I'm hiding things. Like, yeah, in a sense, yeah, I am hiding things. But I'm not hiding them for the reasons you think I'm hiding them. I'm hiding them for the reasons I'm hiding them for. Because I don't ever want anybody to use any of the things that I share with you in confidence. Or I tell you about my family. You know what my kids look like. You know what, my, you know what their moms look like. And you try to hurt me through that. Like, so no, I'm not doing that. I don't do that. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. And that's crazy, but people don't think about these things. They just think about it from their own selfish perspective. Well, because if I were you, I this is what I would do. And I'm like, no, that's not. Everybody doesn't think like you. Everybody doesn't think like that. Because if right. I were you, I wouldn't do what you're doing. So it's just all about Precisely. your perspective. It's all about your perspective. But I did want to read Andre the Thousand part of the song too. Like at least one part of it. He says, Miss Jackson, my intentions were good. I wish I could become a magician, abracadabra, all the sadder. Thoughts of me, thoughts of she, thoughts of he, asking what happened to the feeling that we had. You know, like that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And they're they're young dudes. They're in their twenties when they made this song. Mm-hmm. Like, what was going on in in their life when in in two thousand nineteen ninety nine? Like, come on, that's crazy. I guess they did. Any of them have kids yet? I think Big Boy had kids. I think Big Boy had a kid before they started rapping. Because I know he got Bamboo, he got Cross, and he got Jordan. I don't think Andre had a kid just yet. I think he had a kid a little later. After he met Erica. A little later. And I think he might only just have one. 
Okay. But that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's like that's. And he said to rap about that stuff and to yes to not have experienced it. Of course, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's... maybe and maybe Dre was pulling from Big Boy. Yeah. Or just trying to like you know put himself in those shoes. I guess a lot. And then the rest of them songs say, I pray so much about it, need some knee pads. It happened for a reason. One can't be mad. Uh, so know this. Know that everything is cool. And yes, I will be a present on the first day of school first and graduation. School. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. And like, my kids ain't in school yet, but they'll be five soon before we know it. And guess who's going to be at the bus stop? In the morning and in the afternoon, me. That stuff is important. Like, one of my earliest memories um, is my dad taking me to preschool. I went to a private school. So we had to pay them every Monday. And we we lived on, like, the 35th floor. And you would get in the elevator, and he'd wait until we were down a couple of floors and he'd always go he's like oh my god i left the check on the kitchen table back in the apartment and he's like the elevator's going too far now we can't go he'd be like we can't go all the way back up like we're gonna waste time he'd be like put your put your hand in my tops in my top pocket and see if your hand can reach oh shoot thank you (laughs) he's like put your hand in my top pocket to see if if it can reach all the way back to the apartment and grab the check. And I'm five. (laughs) You tried it. I'm four or five years old. And so I'm thinking it works. Clearly he has the check folded in the bottom of his shirt pocket. (laughs) Uh Here I go thinking that my hand can magically reach all the way back to the apartment because my dad has like a magic portal shirt. (laughs) But that's like, one of my earliest memories my dad taking me to school and doing that every single monday and also like um i was an old woman apparently (laughs) the beginning of my life my favorite cereal to this day and you probably never heard of it basic four i ain't never heard of that exactly that's crazy (laughs) but i would not leave to go to school until he until he poured me my bowl of basic four. Basic four. I'm and then once a up. week, <laughs> once a week we go out. to the um to the bodega in our in our neighborhood, and he would let me get a Welsh's grape juice. And it's like all this these I remember all of this, and I remember him picking me up from school sometimes and then taking me to the cleaners to pick up his shirts um, in the neighborhood. And like my dad, he always, like he always, he taught me from like, have a good cobbler for your shoes, have a good cleaner who you can take your clothes, have a good dry cleaner who you can take your clothes to. Like all that type of stuff I learned from my dad from a very, very young age. And yeah, like, Stuff like that, it's important to kids and it sticks with them. It does. I don't think people really realize like just how much of an impact your parents have on your life, especially the little things that they do from the time you're able to, you know, be cognizant or 
what conscious of what's going on. Like, I don't think people really realize that, like, how kissing my daughter on the forehead every morning will set the tone for her. Going on, yeah. she won't know why she's doing it. Or, like, when she get older, like, like, like for instance, like, the way my grandma used to butter the toast, I still butter my toast that way. Every corner get butter in the center. And you don't really think about the impact people have on your life. Until she, and, like, my grandma's gone now, but, like, when you think back on it, like, dang, like, look at all the things that I do just because we always did them this way. Yeah, and then it's just weird just to kind of like just sit there and think about these things because it's like I said like the thing like your dad that I would like to do something like that with mine you know but people don't you know people don't think about these things while they're being mean and being evil or yeah. you know or you know on the flip side the kid just don't appreciate it like when they, when they get older because of whatever whatever they were trying to instill into them like it's it's a lot it's a lot of those things and I can already see now it's going to be a lot more of these type of things or thoughts that go through my head. Mm. Like it's, it's crazy, but yeah, we're going to segue cause I know it's getting late and I know you got to go, but we did got to touch on insecure cause I finally watched it and I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I know it's going to make you want to rewatch. So we're going to, we're going to touch on episode one and then we're going to get out of here. What, what were okay. your initial thoughts? Um, you see, and the only thing I can distinctly remember from episode one is the end. The end, the end. The, oh, yeah, the end. That was sad. Look, I, I cried. I cried. Isu's like, I'm out. Yeah. And a part of me, I can't, again, I have my strict no men with kids. So it's like, I can't blame her. But it's like, I just, I love Issa and Lawrence. Me like, too. I feel that they. Me too. Both had their issues, um, but I felt like they could have worked through and that they could be a good couple. So her saying, you know, she just couldn't do this anymore was, it it broke my heart, but I cannot, I cannot remember what else happened in that episode. I'll tell you and then we'll go from there. Yes, please. So the episode starts off with, uh, I can't think of the light skinned lady name. What's her name? Tiffany. Tiffany, okay, Tiffany. And then we got uh uh I wanna say her her husband's in the car and they have uh, is it Kim? Kim. Is it Penny? Who is Penny? The 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 funny the funny black girl. Kelly. Kelly. I called her Penny. Kelly. Kelly, I think it's Kelly Perini. That's why I keep wanting to call her Penny. But um, they're all in the car. They're talking about, you know, how because they're going to their Stanford class reunion. They're all meeting back up. Issa, and because I think in the last season we saw Issa and um, Molly, they had their falling out. Or when I guess this is probably one of their first times meeting back up. And I, th- I know, uh, what's her name again? It's not Kelly. Kelly. Tiffany, 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 Tiffany um, was like, we're not going to talk about, they were like, you know, they was like, uh, is my, is, is my Molly okay? Because she's been posting pictures and all she do is show half her face and Kelly was not, and Kelly was like, she said, this bitch ain't, um, ain't okay. Who does that? <laughs> like who just shows half their face? And I thought that was hilarious. I was like, that's a good way to open up the show with some comedy, but they were talking about, so we're not going to talk about Molly's mess and we're not going to talk about Issa's messy mess. So they get there, everybody's mixing and mingling and, and doing their whole thing. And they, you know, they just catching up, they running into people. 
And I noticed that Tiffany kind of has kind of been on this thing where it's like, I don't want to say she's being shady, but it kind of came off as shady to me. But what stuck out most to me, oh, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go one more thing. They, I don't know why, I, I don't know why, even in episode two, why, um, uh, why did they kill off Kelly in the yearbook, I guess, or why everyone thinks she's dead. So, what I notice is that that Kelly is uh is going through some things and they like very subtly show it, but they don't really like delve into it. But something's going on with her, and I don't know what it is. But I think if I look back at some of the older seasons, I'll be able to pinpoint it. But something's going on. Something's going on, and um, so long so they meet up with this other girl named Cheyenne. They get robbed. Cheyenne set them up and all these different things. But I think that that moment kind of bring Issa and uh, Molly back together. That was their moment that they needed, and you know. But like I said, on throughout the whole show, the the show was to me was more about Kelly than anybody else. Like they kept showing how Kelly was struggling with something, and she said, "Is everything about my life a joke to y'all?" You know, and then like she was serious, and I think they, I think I some somebody thought she was playing. It just kind of made me think that no one ever checks on your strong friend, that no one ever always knows what you're going through, and because Kelly don't share because she's always laughing and playing, that people don't know that she gets down. And she has her weak moments too, and I felt like I related yeah. to that because I'm always happy, I'm always joking, I'm always playing. You don't really get to see me sad or emotional. You don't get to hear me crying on the podcast because I was crying, y'all, but um. You know, it just made you think, and then I think after that, uh, Kelly and not Kelly and Molly, but Molly and Issa, they patched it. They that was their icebreaker moment, and then the show kind of go off with with Issa and Lawrence kind of like split. I think she, I think he picked her up, or she picked him up from. He picked her up from the airport and dropped he picked her, her up. Yeah, when she gets back. Yeah, and I already told you like that. I thought that last season kind of mirrored my life, and. Now that's why I'm a dad, but you know, um, <laughs> it, that it kind of mirrored my life, and um, I think that uh, it was just sad for me to just kind of see them split. I think they're gonna get back together. Don't tell me, but I think they're gonna get back together. But um, I think we can we can watch this season and then do a rewatch of season one, two, three, and four, and like really like get to the shit. I completely. I mean. I didn't realize that the reunion episode was the first one, but now yeah. that you, it really was the first one, but yeah, it was, it was, I do agree that, um, it was like alluded to something going on with Kelly that just never really gets, like it just didn't get addressed fully in this episode. It hasn't been addressed fully in any other seasons because it's like Kelly's never really had like a big storyline for her Mm. like at least Tiffany and Derek you know they're married and they have their they have Simone but Kelly never got she never really got much of her own storyline um so I I think that they were trying to put something in that centered around her and then showed her relationship with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, them getting robbed. <laughs> that was hilarious. But hold on one second. I'm going to pause that thought. We're going to come back at them getting robbed. Give me like 30 seconds. Yeah. Oops. Didn't... Oh. But yeah, okay. um, baby got up. But um, 
Yeah, them getting robbed was hilarious. And I, I it, you know, that's one of my fears. And I always tell people why I don't go back to my old neighborhood, why I don't do none of those things, because I feel like there's always going to be somebody from my past who's going to be the one who try to do something to me. Like, I'm going to be mm-hmm. robbed by somebody I went to high school with. I'm going to be killed by somebody I went to high school with. Like, because people prey on you, and I don't know why, but it, what was funny to me was is that – uh, she asked for Molly shoes, and then Issa said, "Here, you can have these too." They was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you keep those. <laughs> you keep <Right>. those." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, and she was like, uh, "She said, oh, she's like, well, why did she say, well, why did Cheyenne want my shoes?'" She was like, "You know why she wants those shoes?" <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I thought it went out, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious. But I think I think overall it was a good episode, and I think it just kind of shows like just some growing pains to have with your friend. And I had I had a recent falling out with, with, with someone close to me, and I'm, I'm gonna have to get into that too because I feel like I'm gonna just talk about everything this year. But it was it was it was pretty cool. But I think I think I definitely think there's something going on with Kelly. I think there's something going on with Molly too. That that they kind of like scratching at, but I think as the season go on, I think they're gonna get. I think something's going on with all of them. I think something's going on with with Tiffany and you said Derek. That's his name. Yeah. Something's going on with Kelly. Something's going on with Issa. Something's going on with Molly. Something's going on with all of them. And I and I noticed how the, how they do the camera movements. Like I seen Derek watching Tiffany with the baby, and I think I was wondering was he thinking in his head? I was putting myself in his shoes. I was thinking like, was he thinking like, was it worth it, or is this is what it's about? Like, is whatever he's thinking about doing or not doing worth it? Like, you don't think that he might be worth Because remember, she had, like, really bad postpartum. You don't think that he's maybe, like, he he still thinks about that and, oh, yeah. and worries that she might do something rash while holding the baby? See, I forgot about that. I do remember that now. Because that was season four when, when that happened, right? I think so. And maybe he was feeling reassured at that moment. Maybe. That's that's a good, that's a good, I'm going to have to watch it again now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it again now because like little stuff like that, like once you get these little pieces, it it plays different to you when you watch it. Um, so, and that could be a very good thing. And like, but like I said, it could be, like, I don't know if she drove him nuts. Was he, you know, was he thinking about leaving? Or was it like, hey, coming home to a family is something that I want to do? Because I will say it does feel good to come home to, to my baby. Like, just mm. knowing that she's here, like, I have something to come home to. Yeah. You know, just like little things. So I was thinking, like, maybe, I was trying to put myself in his shoes. Like, maybe that's what he feeling like, to leave, to go. Like, what's going on? Because I want to say something happened with them, and I think it might have got rough for them. But I was just thinking that. But that's definitely a good observation about her postpartum, and maybe he watching her transform, or maybe he's still worried. Like it's a lot. I think. But I think we're gonna find out the show go on though. We will see. We will see. Um, but I, I think I'm more curious as to find out what's going on with Kelly though, and why they killed Kelly, and why, why everybody think Kelly's dead. Like even though she was there. <laughs> It's wild. Like, how do you even, because my mom, she actually got a postcard for her college. Um, they were doing, like, a reunion book. And I, um, it was when she was back home. So I, I had to verify that she even wanted that information 
that she even wanted to put her information in it and she she told me yes and so I wonder like I don't know mm. like I wonder like what if I would have responded with them, like oh she passed away like do they just take that at face value and then but like could anyone else just say oh yes this person passed away and then they just go with it like how mm. do you why would you not verify that that's so weird one second i'll be right back yeah. don't, don't lose that thought all right too but yeah that is something to think about like do they check into it and i don't know but i think that's that is a mystery but then also like she was just remembered for the stanky leg and yeah. i mean i think i think for a lot like your own mortality mortality is really sobering and it's like so i guess you you go through something like that people think that you have passed away and the only thing they can remember you for is a dance like it makes you think about the impact that you've had on people yeah this is all y'all took away from that like and i i shy away from a lot of people like i don't I feel like there are some people who think that legacy only comes with children, which I think is very unfair because you have people who are born without the ability to have children. Mm-hmm. So for you to, so you, and then you have people who pass away before they make it to childbearing age. There, you have people who just don't want to have children. There are countless other ways to have legacy. And I guess it's, it's going to be like, a switch for Kelly to be like, well, what am I doing with my life? Like, what impact am I making? Am I just here being the strong friend? Or what am I doing for myself? What am I doing to... I don't even want to say to be remembered, because I think that you should just walk in your purpose to walk in your purpose. But I feel like that's going to become like something a journey for her like something that she looks to really delve into for the for the season because we just never really got anything like that true and i almost forgot one more part when Issa got to speak on the stage like it was kind of typical what like no everyone kind of like just kind of like it's Issa kind of like they don't really like give her like the credit or respect and like I think what she said was real, though. Um, I don't think they they got it, but what was funny to me is when they fucked up her name, and that's exactly what I'm naming the podcast episode, The Blow CC. I thought that was hilarious. The Blow CC. And I was just like, what is that? They're like, how did you come up with The Blow CC? She's like, it's actually The Block. She's like, well, the first thing I know that that I messed up, I messed up on the name because it's not The Blow CC. It's actually The Block. I thought that was kind of crazy. The blow CC. But, but yeah. But I think. But no, I do think. Go ahead. I do think that what you said was right. Like what Issa said. I just went over people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think that, and I think that Issa, I think, I think Issa's still trying to figure it out too about her life. Like, like she's doing all these things, but I still don't feel like she feels like she's somebody yet. 
I agree. It's our classic imposter syndrome still showing. Yes. I think that's just what it is, but I don't know. We might we might revisit a little bit of episode one in the next one, just since it's getting late. And we're gonna definitely pick. I think on the next one we'll we'll try to break down episode two. So go back and watch episode two, so we can be we can be there. You might see some stuff that I don't see, and I might see some stuff that you don't see. But as in traditional, I don't have a name for this yet. Fashion. What is your song of the week? So this is an old one, and it was on my Rage Room playlist, and then I brought it back up with this last one but um maya oh i like maya maya's great uh if you died i wouldn't cry if you died pop right on up see if i remember this wait is that or is the whole thing if you died i wouldn't cry because mother like me because if you died i wouldn't cry because because you never love okay Okay. Well, that's the whole title. I didn't think that it was that the whole official title was the whole thing. Sheesh. Let's see if I can. Um, let's say if you died, I wouldn't cry because if you died, you never loved me anyway. You never loved me anyway. Yep, that's exactly what it says. All right, that's a good one. I love Maya though. My, my, Maya's fine as hell. <laughs> and she's remained fine. Like she has aged like wonderfully. wine. Yeah, she's aged like cool waters from from the Swiss Alps. That's what it's. That's what she aged. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put that in the thing. I think my song is gonna be. I don't know the exact name of it. I'm put up, but I love it. It is. It is called "Intimidated" by Katrinada and her. You are gonna love that one. It's a good one. Kate Trinata made real good music anyway. He's one of my favorites. Like just just chill music, just make you feel away. And a lot, a lot of his music don't even have words. But he's more of the uh, production side of it, the music, the actual music music of it. And then like he'll always have somebody singing or rapping on it. But like he, I like his music. When I play it, you gonna you gonna like it. Okay. But, uh, that is that has been our show, guys. Thanks for bearing with us through all the ups and downs and all the breaks and uh, the uh, the inconsistency on my end and just life. And I'm I'm happy I got to share like uh, me being a dad with you guys and share my my beautiful babies. And um and they, and I'm not just saying that just because they're my kids. Like they're really beautiful kids. Like they really are. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, and just just continue. Thanks for all the support, and just re-listening to the episodes, even when there's not a new episode. Like that's great because I go back and listen to them too. Like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, or ooh, maybe I should have said that. But I appreciate you guys for for hanging in there, sticking in there, being faithful, being loyal, being dedicated, being great listeners. Like because the show wouldn't really be a show without you guys. Like it's not the same. And I didn't get to listen to Mel. There's a lot of it. But we'll, I'm going to try to do a better job at getting to the listener. Man. We'll get to that on the next episode. And, um, again, thanks. Thanks for listening. And I hopefully we can take this platform even bigger. I actually have some some more people that actually want to be a part of this. Like, I'm, we've the, the guy cast is going to happen this year. <laughs> it's happening for sure. And it might happen sooner than we think. But, um, but yeah, but so I, I really appreciate everybody. Thank you, Jen. 
for 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 still being a part of the show, even though you know you had your own things you had to do, and you know that's. That's 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 uh that's something to give some applause for. And I wish I had some sound effects. And and maybe this year I won't be a low budget podcast. I'm gonna get some sound effects for you guys. And we're gonna go from there. But that is it, guys. Good evening. I mean good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. Be nice to everybody you, you encounter. Listen to people, treat people nice. Um everybody has a story. You never know what somebody's going through. And behind every smile or laughter that there, there's there's a there's a frown. So remember that. So handle people with care. Absolutely. Any any it's uh great being back. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any parting words for for the listeners? Um, I mean, you really covered it. I I miss even though we still talk every day, like talking yeah. in this form yeah. is still I've missed it. I've missed the listeners. Um happy to be back and just always be kind to one another and wear your mask yeah and wear your mask man vaccinated or not don't get me started <laughs> but uh but yeah and like, like i said remember when i first i said it felt kind of odd but it's because we haven't done it in a while like it feels so good but if it's like dang like maybe like an eerie feeling like you know how you're doing something like i ain't done this in a while but it's like uh, yeah you know it felt like that so it's a good feeling it's a good feeling but we we're we gonna be back with some high content Content, content, content. Well, yes. good night. We will catch y'all later. Bye. Peace. Be the journey. One for the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. <laughs> Get on up. It's bobsled time. You know where that came from? Yes, cool running. Some people say, you know, we can't believe Jamaica. We have a bobsled team. That's my song right there. But anyway, <laughs> I'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. We are now going to get into the uh, <clears throat> song of the week segment of the show. But before that, I would like to thank everybody for, again, as always, bearing with me and sticking here and listening and re-listening to the episodes while I briefly go on hiatus and get things done and take breaks and, you know, just trying to navigate life so that is appreciated so i appreciate all the listeners out there all the people who support us or support the show over the years i know it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long but i want to say it's been almost four years let's see it's been it's been a while it's been a while it's almost five years if i, I want to say um but yeah we're gonna get into it the first song we have is Jen's song and that is a song by Maya and it is called If I it says if I died I wouldn't cry because I never loved you. I mean because you never loved me. So this is Maya from the great Maya from the nineties. Let's see. Again, I don't own the rights to any of these songs you're hearing today. I'm just playing great music, introducing it to everybody. Some people may know the song, some people may not. This is what we're doing today. And yet she's still fine.
JOB Radio. We're playing what you're saying. And this is Maya, the great Maya from the 90s. Somebody telling you that that's wild. Remember to be nice to each other, guys. Spread positivity, stick together. I would like to see people unite. Find the cause and unite behind it and actually get some change. I'm an 80s baby though. Well, I'm really, I was born in the 80s, but I'm telling you, so I'm, that's why I feel like I'm a 90s baby. Oh, oh, oh. And again, this is Maya. If I, if you died, I wouldn't cry because you never loved me. Show my appreciation. So don't take us down, please. All right, Maya. And for those of you who would like to continue to be a part of the show, pardon me. For those of you who would like to continue to be a part of the show, there is a number you can call. Well, probably text would probably be better to uh, to be a part of the show and get 
and get your listener mail or your questions or introduce topics to the show, you know, we're, we welcome that. You can still use the email. You can still Twitter or, or hit us on Instagram. But there's a number you can hit from your phone and somebody will hit you back. Most likely it'll be me. I'm going to try to do my best at a, at a replying. But, you know, just write in and I'll check it every now and then and just kind of see who's writing in to see what kind of questions we get. But that number is, I think, where'd it go? 404-796-7282. Again, it is 404-796-7282. Write in and let us know what you think. And that way you can kind of be a part of the show via via the internet. And like I said, I appreciate everybody for listening and sticking by and, you know, never wavering. And just re-listening to those old episodes. Y'all really don't know how much re-listening to those old episodes keep the show afloat. But I'm trying to do better this year, keeping you guys with good content and, you know, just being consistent with some of the changes that's going on in in the world and in my life. But I think I found a sweet spot in a way to balance it. But anyway, let me get to my song. My song I have for you guys is a song I have for you guys is a song by Kate Trinata featuring her and it's called Intimidate. This is one of those smooth songs, and I hope you guys really like this song, because I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it to death. I can definitely see you guys adding this to your playlist. Just come in so cool. You, you won't really know what to expect. If you're not a Kate Trinata fan, you don't know what to expect from him. And again, this is Intimidate by Kate Trinata and her. I don't own any of the rights to the songs you're hearing today. I'm just a fan sharing music. Stuff you just put on the play to kind of create an atmosphere, set the mood in the room, 
But it, all, it, it is also great when they have artists feature on the songs too. I could include the links in the bottom. That is our show, guys. I'm going to let you guys get on out of here. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate everything you've helped build here. You guys are just as much a part of the show as as any of the guests are. So just keep showing your love and support, and I'm going to keep giving you guys dope content. Hopefully you guys can, can learn and grow with me, and uh, that'll be it. Spread love, be peaceful, and enjoy life. Peace. Oh, this is another good one, too. I ain't gonna play all of this, but Thundercat is the man. This is another song by Katronado, just featuring Thundercat. Well, that's it for y'all. Maybe I'll give y'all a little bit more of it. Just a little bit, but maybe not too much. I just wanna see you. a bonus for y'all but yeah definitely check out Kaysonada check out Kerr check out Thundercat they have great music if you're into something other than rap and R&B or jazz whatever you've been listening to Kaysonada is a good place to start I know I said peace but it's gonna be peace this time let y'all get on out of here fade it on out yep Y'all enjoy y'all night. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Peace to the next time. See y'all.